0: I want you to convince me to drink my own pee by the end of this podcast. So you're actually saying that urine is cleaner than the blood you're eating from from animals. A million times, like there's just no comparison. Uh, It's safe enough for a
1: baby to live in for nine months. And so, you know, eight months plus, you know, around there and but unfiltered blood certainly would not be a safe environment for a baby to live in how long have
0: you been drinking how long have you been doing urine therapy two years since the time I talked to you about it like I was like every day, day or in, every day yeah. every Almost day like, every day for two years
1: yeah yesterday I injected this so this is what it looked like yesterday and uh, a zero irritation it the, the amount of Uh, irritation and like the itchiness was like kind of almost intolerable like I can't sleep kind of thing I I just injected into the skin so this is uh, so this
0: is so what we're looking at yesterday you had this big rash appear after traveling whatever you got this big rash from something and then you choose to inject your urine into it
1: Yeah, just very topically, like not deep in there. I'm using an insulin needle. I I got this idea because I seen someone do this with me with a homeopathic remedy once, actually quite recently on something and it worked. And I was like, man, that's amazing. I I don't even know that this is here right now and it doesn't bother me at all. And I would say probably in three days, you won't almost see anything. And by a week, it'll be like just a tiny bit of a scar. Your skin
0: is looking pretty soft, dude. Something's working. oh thanks bro put it on your you put it on your skin every day or what yeah
1: no i do i do like i don't i didn't today but i did yesterday like i mean so it's still the net result of like the week and it, it yeah you definitely can feel the moisturization like just what i'm saying is true about the uh like the urea and that like it just it goes in the skin and you're just trying to get water in the skin, it's like kind of just basic science and it just goes in and you can just go wash it off five, 10 minutes later, because it's going to be already in anyway, just kind of just go straight in. You're like, okay, it's done. So this self signaling benefit would be that whatever specific toxin you have, urine would have a high probability of being able to get that specific out toxin. Or collection of toxins out of your body. In that, that then becomes limitless in the types of conditions, or symptoms, or things like that that could be changed, put into remission, uh, you know, relieving that toxic burden.
0: All right, here we go. First time on camera. First time Good. drinking my own urine. Here we go. Welcome to the Nathan Crane Podcast. Nathan is a certified holistic cancer coach, 20-time award-winning documentary filmmaker, competitive CrossFit athlete, and best-selling author of Becoming Cancer-Free. With nearly two decades in independent natural health research and education, Nathan shares his top solutions for preventing and overcoming disease while optimizing health and improving human performance. Each week, Nathan brings on highly renowned experts to share natural and holistic health science, strategies, and breakthroughs for living your healthiest, happiest, and most fulfilling life. And now, here's Nathan Crane. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Before we get started, I want to give you a free gift that I have spent over a decade researching thousands of hours of peer-reviewed studies and interviewing hundreds of Of world-leading functional medical doctors and cancer conquerors that lays out a blueprint for helping your mind and body become a cancer fighting fortress for natural cancer prevention and healing and that's my amazon number one best-selling book becoming cancer free the physical copy sells for like 10 bucks on amazon which you know you can go get that if you want but i'm happy to give you the ebook absolutely free just head over to becoming Cancerfree.com, and you can download that ebook instantly. Again, that's becomingcancerfree.com and it's yours as a gift for me to you for tuning into this podcast. All right, let's get to the show. My guest today is my good friend, Jonathan Otto. Jono is a investigative journalist. He's a humanitarian and he is an incredibly brilliant and heart-centered human being who has been on a tear- lately researching urine therapy and uh jonathan welcome to the podcast brother yeah thanks
1: nathan it's wonderful to be here with you love you love your work and grateful to have this moment in time
0: dude i love you as well and um you've got me thinking because You know, I've been talking with you kind of behind the scenes about what you've been learning and seeing firsthand with urine therapy. I have been incredibly reluctant and have not tried it yet, (laughs) but uh, I got one of the books that you recommended, The Golden Fountain, and have been reading this. I've been watching some of your interviews. You and I have had conversations, and actually a mutual friend of ours um, has been now doing the urine therapy for a couple of months uh, at your recommendation. And he tells me, it's like he's trying to get me on it every day. He's like, dude, I have more energy. I'm stronger in the gym. He's like, I don't know what's going on. He's like, I feel better. He's He's been doing it every day. I think it's two months now or, or going on three months. And basically, I told him, which I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell all of our listeners, is I want you to convince me to... Drink my own pee by the end of this podcast. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going for, and I am. And I'll tell you what: as much of a experimenter I am, as much of a will try new things, open-minded guy. There's a big block for me around drinking my own urine, and uh, and I know why. I'm aware of it, um, as anybody would be who is being told, "Yeah, urine therapy actually might be really good for you," and in fact, it might actually be incredibly healing for you. Um, and someone goes, yeah, right. It sounds like quackery it sounds insane. Urine has chemicals in it. It's your waste products. It's bad for you. Right. So I'm going to put all that on the table and then I want to do a deep dive with you on this podcast right now and ask you to basically share everything you've learned and experienced and, uh, and we'll back up everything we can with whatever available science we have and, uh, and any stories you have. So, yeah. For, I guess for, I mean, first question is, dude, what led you to urine therapy and why has this become like a big focus for you right now?
1: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you asking that because it's not something I thought was going to happen. It's not something I went looking for. I wasn't the guy that was thinking, let's look at weird therapies that shock people and give people like interesting talking points because that's going to be really fun. In fact, the, you know, th- the suggestion of it, I found it to be quite, um, firstly repulsive. And secondly, um, I felt like I was not going to be willing to take the fallout that would come as a result of that. And so it kind of just sounded so bizarre and you know, why, why poke that bear and confront what everyone thinks is a toxic waste product that is good for nothing, but going down the drain. And so it really. Was based on an interest on solving a particular problem, and I was trying to work out how to solve this big problem, where people have like, you know, I'll I'll say it in this way: have got a treatment, a medical treatment that they maybe wish they didn't get, something that came out recently, something that maybe was rushed through, you know. So you know, just read between the lines. But the point there is, they're you know they're having reactions, uh, lots of documented reactions, things that are like very life threatening. And then other things that maybe just make people feel worried or fearful, like, you know, what would be my future? And so on this question, like, how do I solve this problem was actually how I landed at urine therapy. And, and I remember one of the doctors, a good friend of ours, it was Dr. Rashid Buttar. When I would ask him, I'd say like, is there a way, is there a way to solve this problem? The problem that I was just referring to, he said, there is no way to solve that problem. It's, it's a genetic issue. It's a genetic problem. It's a, it's there's no way to solve it, and I would never air that content because I felt like that that's not that can't be true. Firstly, two, that is very dis- discouraging for people. I'm just not willing to put that content out there. Like that's the only time you'll see me use censorship. If that if I'm going to release some information that gives people zero hope, it must be false, or or I
0: just I'm not willing to do it. And so i the, I gotta say I'm the same way when it comes to health and healing and natural health, like, I always believe there's a solution. I always believe yeah. there's hope. I always believe, it doesn't mean there's a guarantee, but I always yeah. believe, I mean, we see miraculous healings all the time, right? With, you know, they call them spontaneous remissions, things like that. And Most of those are what I call intentional remissions. <laughs> People who change sp- specific things, diet and lifestyle, prayer and meditation and exercise, and then their disease goes away. I call that yeah. intentional, not spontaneous, but there are, Cases of where there, were, there was no hope, they were sent home to die, you know, had three months left to live, there's nothing we can do for you. And here they are 12 years later, still living and thriving because they never accepted that, oh, there's nothing you can do. So I'm 100% on the same page with you. I mean, anybody that would say, oh, I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do. It's like I would never accept that um, because I think if you if you look hard enough and, you know, there are solutions, maybe you just don't know about them yet. This podcast is brought to you by Econugenics, the makers of pectisol modified citrus pectin. Pectisol is clinically proven and backed by over 80 studies, six patents, and 30 plus years of clinical success. We're all familiar with inflammation and chronic diseases like cancer, but have you ever wondered where these health issues actually come from? You need to read more about an inflammatory protein called galectin 3. It's been called by thousands of practitioners and research papers one of the root causes of nearly every chronic illness. Pectisol modified citrus pectin is the most researched galectin-3 blocker on the market. It's been recommended by thousands of doctors for over 30 years to support oncology, immune health and gentle detoxification. I personally use Pectisol and I highly recommend it. Start your journey toward a healthier you with Pectisol modified citrus pectin and EcoNugenics is offering our listeners 15% off at econugenics.link Forward slash ncrane fifteen, you'll be able to use ncrane fifteen as a discount code to get fifteen percent off your order. Again, that's econugenics.link forward slash ncrane fifteen. Have you heard of PEMF therapy for cancer? Well, this podcast is brought to you by Dr. Pollock, and he wants to share with you the groundbreaking research of post electromagnetic field therapy in the treatment of cancer. Studies show PEMF therapy can help control the cancer process and give safe Non toxic and non invasive symptom management. PMF therapy may enhance other cancer support and treatments, lower inflammation, and promote tissue healing. Studies show it's possible to improve your general well being and recuperate from surgery, radiation, and chemo better and more quickly. Embrace a comprehensive approach to cancer treatment with PMF therapy, a vital tool on your path to prevention, treatment, and recovery. For caring and professional guidance and recommendations from Dr. Pollock, go to drpawluk.com forward slash intro to cancer. That's D-R-P-A-W-L-U-K.com forward slash intro to cancer. You know, with the cold and flu season here, it's critically important that we enhance and strengthen our immune systems. Yes, would you agree? The problem is, though, that there's so much confusion out there when it comes to what actually works for our bodies and for our health. Well, I'll tell you what I use. I use Maison-Beljansky's wellness products. Maison-Beljansky's products are backed by science to not only help empower the immune system, but can support detoxification and contribute to our overall health. Coming from Europe, the all-natural Beljansky formulas are now available in the United States and are recommended by top doctors everywhere. A lot of the colleagues I work with, functional medicine practitioners that work with patients with all kinds of diseases are recommending Maison Beljansky's products to their very own patients. As a special sponsor of this podcast, Maison Beljansky has included a very special discount offer for all of my listeners. You can get 15% off your first order using the promo code NATHAN. And you'll always enjoy free shipping when you order four products or more. You can grab your wellness products today at MaisonBeljansky.com. That's M-A-I-S-O-N-B-E-L-J-A-N-S-K-I. MaisonBeljansky.com. And use code Nathan for 15% off. Hey, so if you've been following me for any time now, you know that i often talk about helen 951 the nitrogen fermented organic soy drink i first learned about it at an integrative cancer event years ago and i've been taking this myself for a long time it's so potent and it has a strong flavor so i add their organic mint powder to it and it's easy to take any time of day i usually take it in the mornings you know i'm constantly looking into natural health products and the ones that catch my eye are the ones with years of proven results and the science and research to back them up i love that Helin 951 checks all of these boxes made from a unique 100 percent organic soybean grown in the high mountains of mongolia Helin 951 has some incredible health properties just a few of the benefits are more energy better sleep detox longevity better immune function and some fantastic anti-cancer compounds the folks over at Helin have made a page just for our followers to learn more you can head over to helen 951.com forward slash crane that's h-a-e-l-a-n 951com forward slash crane. They have special discounted packages there for you to get you started. And if you use the promo code crane, C-R-A-N-E, at checkout, they will also give you free shipping. So head over and grab this special offer for yourself and use the free shipping promo code crane. Or just give them a call if that's easier for you. They are so easy to work with and have over 32 years in the industry. Again, that's Helan951.com forward slash crane
1: yeah you got it that's that's the way to think about it and that's how i thought about this and that's how i thought about what what he was saying but his honesty was that candor was something that was important versus like people just kind of drumming up something that doesn't actually work which i see that happening uh, perhaps with good intentions but then this this really started open the the, what, the lid on this when he's, he called me out of the blue and said, look, there's an answer to this. It's urine therapy. And I was like, urine therapy. I hadn't really heard of those two words going together. Uh, the, you know, urine, a waste product and therapy as th- those things don't seem to make sense. Like what, what is, what is that? And, and then I'm thinking, man, this guy is like exaggerating. He's just like on a you know mission to like, just shock people or something like what is what is he saying to me right now? Part of me was just kind of just taking that in. I was like, okay, but but what is this about? And Dr. Ed Group is, is a friend. And he wasn't like super, we weren't super close at that point, but uh, he was speaking at an event. And between what Dr. Buttard shared with me and what Dr. Ed Group had shared with me in an interview, because I was just like, I there was a nut there was a there was an immediate enough reaction for me to then say, I should not shut this down and I should ask more questions and uh, like, so, which is actually how I noticed you respond uh, to me of like, you know, we're in social settings, everyone's kind of having a laugh at me and, and I'm just like willing kind of to take it because I'm like, well, that's, that's where, where this conversation is going to start with everyone laughing at me, but like it may end in a bunch of people putting cancer into remission. Um, like that 's where that story may end, but it 's going to start with with somewhere and like and i 'll explain why I believe that could result in that result
0: <laughs> I want to say right i mean that that level of awareness you have and commitment to finding the truth is something I admire about you and and I remember actually now you mention it. I remember that night we were in San Diego, we were at some networking events and you know health masterminds and stuff like that, and we went out for it was like at a a nightclub party or something. You and I, probably two of the only sober guys there in the in the nightclub. And I remember you you started. You were talking with somebody about. It. I think I overheard, and I was like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" And you're like, you, you kind of like. I think you kind of took a second, and you're like, do I, "Do I tell him? How do I tell him?" Like, you know. And then probably, you just start, and then like you me. just went off about urine therapy. And the music's so loud, you know, and the lights are flashing. Here we are, mm-hmm. like in the corner and you're like telling me all this you know crazy stuff about urine therapy and i'm just i'm totally taken back and i'm like you're crazy tell me more you know like that sounds insane (laughs) why would you ever do that but why why and then i start asking you 100 questions right because same thing like i i might be taken back by something i might be thrown off by it i might think that sounds insane but i'm not going to throw it out right away until i understand it at a deeper level and i and i look at you and i'm like this guy's really smart He's he's an incredible investigative journalist. He's produced some of the top health, natural health documentary series on the planet, has reached and helped millions of people, Um, you know, and he deeply cares about helping people like he wouldn't just come up with this out of nowhere and without any real backing behind it, you know, so that's also because I know you. I think that's why I you know, was more interested, like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. But that was probably a couple of years ago now. It seems like two or three years ago, maybe, right? No, um, not even that many. It was not many. like, it may have been just a single year ago. Oh, and, really? Given, given
1: that I think it was at Trafficking Conversion Summits last yeah. year. Yeah. I think it was like- Was it last right? year?
0: No, Last year or the year before?
1: No, no, no. It must've been the year before. So it was two years, two years ago. Exactly then. Yeah. Two years ago. Exactly.
0: So some of the things you start telling me, then I think you have you've learned more about it, right? Yeah, and, a lot. Yeah. I want. Okay. So, go ahead and continue. I mean, I think the fact yeah. you said, uh, yeah, I just so want you, to reiterate what you said. People are going to be laughing at you first, oh uh, but, yeah, but it may end yeah. up turning into something later on that uh, you know people are incredibly grateful for. It, true. Exactly. And and and
1: and maybe, yeah. The the all the people that laughing at me, maybe there's, maybe I will not even see an immediate effect from all that work or even a long-term effect, but like the ripple effect of what that net result will be, regardless of whether I see it or not or feel it, it's, it, it'll, it'll happen. I, I just believe that based on the fact that there is something here that, that is true and I can't deny. And uh, truth is, is an un- unstoppable force. There's nothing like, it doesn't matter if the whole world is like belly laughing at something, if it's true. It, it's going to come back to you at, and there's just nothing you can do to kind of unwind it or laugh it away or, or, you know, mock it into oblivion. It's just not going to happen because um, it, it, life it, and mortality is something that you can't run from. And, uh, you know, if you're sick and you are suffering uh, like, you know, just look at the statistics in the world and see how m- much people are suffering, fr- suffering from chronic disease and cancer, which we're going to be talking about. And so, you know if somebody is listening to this at this point like keep listening because if we don't have an open mind like the just what is in our future is actually just just complete suffering there's really no real hope out of sight of us having an open mind because what's happening in the world is is is, is it, like the the escalation of chronic disease is unprecedented and uh, I, and I think that pandora's box has absolutely been opened and so it will like there is there is no security in, in trying to be safe or stick to your guns. Like you have to be open-minded. It may not be this, it may be something else. If you are not, you will, you're in huge trouble. So that's, that's that, that point. But Nathan, just coming back to this, you know, finishing that story with um, Dr. Bataille, he he kind of loaded a bullet there for me for something that, that then set me on a trajectory and I felt like, and continually feel grateful to him for helping open, open my mind, and i appreciated his fearlessness and that was the one thing that for him he was for me he was a mentor to me and that he he taught me continued to teach me fearlessness and i because he's a late friend he he passed um about a year ago now and his memory is like very um strong in my mind based on that that unstoppable force that he was so but but um yeah coming full circle we're going to talk about some of the things that I are happening now, even some of these world leading cancer therapy centers are, are the ones that are reaching out and asking for help and support and information because they're seeing so much credibility and they're seeing that the science does uh, stand for something like, let's say uh, earlier this week, I had a Nobel prize nominee reach out. And ask for help for one of the doctors that works in his clinic, and so they're both medical doctors. He says, "Can you please help? You know this this friend." So these are the things that are happening, like very prominent people, world leading people that are actually the heads of some of these like places that you would go to if you had cancer. And so even though you know people, yeah, like may not perceive the value in this, um, start seeing the value because other people that you look up to and respect see this as a valuable for conversation.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I know a mutual friend and colleague of ours who's very well respected runs um, some uh, highly regarded cancer clinics is, is talking with you about, you know, bringing more of the urine therapy into the clinics to to support the patients. And so I know that's an ongoing thing that you're working on. Um, but that's Absolutely. fascinating. That's fascinating. And it shows that there is some merit in what you're talking about, at least for for further exploration. So Absolutely. with that, let, you know, the thing that I think has hit me the most about what you, what I've heard you say about urine therapy is, is the child in the womb, right? Um, yeah. Can you talk about that? Because I, after I heard you say, it, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And then I looked it up in research. So I was like, oh, it's a hundred percent accurate. It's well documented, well understood biologically. I just didn't know it. And I wonder how many millions of other people don't know it. Um, but I think that was kind of a big eye opener for me to help me to start seeing things like oh actually maybe this is not as crazy as we've been led to believe yeah you got it
1: you got it yeah this this is the great place to kind of start and and end the conversation this is this is the place where i believe the conversation is won or lost and if if uh if there's any debate to be had this is what it should be over and almost nothing else because if this is uh if this is in biology you've now, the burden of proof is on somebody trying to discredit either me or the practice of urine therapy, because you now have to try and work out why, and we'll, we'll talk about this, a baby does urine therapy every day of its life, and I'll talk to, about that at, at what level and how much, and why we shouldn't. Like, you have to explain to me why that, where that transition happened. And now it has to come down to biology as well. You have to explain to me why the biology of a baby is different, like how their kidneys, operate differently to an adult's kidneys and and now the attempt at explaining that a baby somehow doesn't have any toxins in it is true or false nathan
0: oh we know for a fact that uh you know the the through the ewg studies that babies are being completely intoxicated by the chemicals that are passing through the the mother's uh, umbilical cord into the baby hundreds of toxic chemicals carcinogens endocrine disruptors scientists used to believe and a lot of people i found out still believe today that the the cord is supposed to protect the baby from the toxins that are inside the mother but that was really well documented and studied um in the last couple of decades where they found that, no, those chemicals are in the cord blood and they're passing into the baby. So unfortunately, no, these chemicals that we're exposed to are actually passing into the baby, which talk about, this will make more sense as you talk about, you know, what's happening in the womb, in utero with the baby.
1: Absolutely. And so what's amazing about this is what if the baby the way it solves this problem is actually through its urine. And there is no other way to explain this as far as I'm concerned, because there is no other action of what the baby is doing. So what happens in the womb is around the eight to 10 week mark is when the fluid switches from the mother's fluid to the baby's fluid. And um, it it becomes more so like by the third trimester is when it's entirely the baby's urine and the baby is urinating at higher intervals and drinking at higher intervals but, but it all starts, you know, at, from the beginning of when the baby forms it's, you know, kidneys. And, and then what is happening with the urine? Uh, urine is referred to as amniotic fluid and they, they technically categorize slightly differently, but they, um, you know, then you look up what is the makeup of amniotic fluid and um, estimates range um, typically around 90 even up to 95% or more of what anionic fluid is, is simply the baby's urine. And so then the other parts of that would be even including fecal microbial matter, even though the baby is not doing bowel movements, the meconium is blocking that there's like small particles that are circulating, which is very interesting as well. Cause you, you look at the science beti- behind fecal microbial transplant. And yet that is something that I'm saying that people should be very careful about. And a lot of people it's, they certainly shouldn't do their own. Whereas in the womb, you find the, the example the baby is regularly and abundantly doing its own urine. Uh, and in these very high intervals, it's hundreds of milliliters per day that it's drinking. And that one to three hour interval is is typically the frequency at which it's urinating. And if you saw this on an ultrasound, you'd watch it happen of not only the baby urinating, but the baby drinking its urine. And if you saw that, you'd have to ask yourself the question, am I Am I being lied to? Have I been lied to about what this substance substance actually is? And then when the baby comes out and it's absolute perfection, uh, and I know that a lot of babies have complications, uh, but uh, the, the, the design of what's happening there in the womb is just this masterpiece. And you look at the fluid cysts that actually can frequently get formed in the brain in the third trimester and bright spots in the heart these are, these would be terminal conditions. And how is it that they resolve themselves in the womb? What is happening? And there are many processes that are happening when babies are born, but the only actual activity besides like this slight movement of limbs, which we could call that like a little bit exercise, but certainly not cardio. Um, But it's a, you know, it's not a, it's not a um, high interval training that the baby's just like getting a little bit of movement, but the actual action of what it's doing is just drinking urine. That's the only action of what it's doing. And, and then when you start to understand what are these metabolites, um, so urine has thousands of metabolites. So if you go to a website like urinemetabolome.ca, Canadian website, it will tell you all the compounds and metabolites that have been documented in urine. Uh, and there's 5,600, I believe 5,661 documented. You can fact check or 68. Um, and and it's gonna it's gonna evolve as well. You'll find more b- being identified because what the body does is it gives you a metabolic version of whatever that compound is in your body. And so it's gonna firstly give you everything in the positive. It'll give you all your neurotransmitters, all these neurochemicals, and it will give you all your hormones. Which is why your friend is talking about our friend is talking about his gains at the gym. He's like, hold on, why is this better than steroids? Because he's done like testosterone and which would cost in the steroid category why is this actually better than this it's like well he told
0: me he's so he's in his 40s now and he he took he told me he took you know um some form of steroids when he was younger i think in his uh early 20s and then you know 20 years without them and he said now he's been on urine therapy for like two months he's like i feel like i'm on steroids at the gym I was like, really? Yeah. So I'm curious. Yeah. Like, I'm curious if there's any research and evidence that we could get into this later. Uh, yeah. And I told him to test his uh, testosterone because he has tests from before uh, before he started urine therapy. I said, I want you know, get your testosterone test. I want to see if it's gone up since you've been doing urine therapy. I wonder if it affects your testosterone. Um, but exactly. all right, before we get too deep down the, the weeds that, here, that. I want to I want to just back up what you said because this is a I think is a big. Um, first it was a first for me and i've shared it with others and so i know it's a first for a lot of people too i just want to go back to what you said because it's so huge uh, i mean this is in the peer-reviewed literature this is really clear for scientists who study this exactly what you just said late gestation uh, at 10 weeks the fetus begins to produce urine which is secreted into the amniotic sac during the late gestation the second third trimesters as the amniotic fluid expands Fetal urine becomes the largest source of the amniotic fluid. So basically the main, I think you said like up to 90% or so, what they're breathing, and right here, lung secretions, gastrointestinal secretions, secretions from the umbilical cord and placental service contribute to the composition of amniotic fluid as well. Uh, it talks about exactly how they're breathing in and basically drinking in their own urine from pretty yeah. much 10 weeks on. Right, and um, I saw it right here where it literally says that. But yeah, they're 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 not just living in it. Uh, In addition to constant circulation of amniotic fluid through inhalation and exhalation, there must be a balance between fluid formation and elimination. Um, Formation originates from fetal urine and lung secretions. However, elimination, which is important for the balance and homeostasis, is largely the result of fetal swallowing and intramembraneous absorption. They're literally not just swimming in their own urine. They're breathing it in and drinking it in um, 24-7 after 10 weeks old, which is very interesting. And then what they also say, like right here, amniotic fluid is less viscous and it's 98% water, which is basically urine, right, the water, with electrolytes and signaling molecules, which is what you were talking about roughly of like the metabolites that have been discovered, right? These are signaling molecules, peptides, carbohydrates, lipids, and hormones that make up the other 2%. So they're literally getting from their urine electrolytes, signaling molecules, peptides, carbohydrates, lipids, and hormones. So you were just talking about signaling molecules and what they do. And, uh, yeah, let's spend a little more time there. Cause I think that's, Oh yeah. absolutely. interesting.
1: It's, it is amazing to think about like how do baby survive in the womb. Not only have you been absolutely lied to that urine is the place where your body eliminates that, that waste. Cause if that were true, what would happen in the womb? 287 chemicals on average going through the umbilical cord around 120 of those proven to cause cancer including all the big hitters that like the multi-billion dollar lawsuits are against like where judges are ra- ruling in favor of the injured parties and people at some, some parties getting awarded hundreds of millions of dollars due to the, these, these injuries and in most cases like much smaller amounts, but collectively Monsanto has what 11 billion in, um, in one lawsuits against them. This gl- like glyphosate that that was won over, this is absolutely showing up in the umbilical cords. And so how does the baby survive this? If, the urine is where it dumps it out because what's going to happen, it, what it drinks it back in. then now it compresses that further and gives even a more he- heavy concentration of the chemical toxin waste. Does it again, does it again. And could you imagine what would happen now when the baby opens its eyes in the urine that it just like, you know, put out, it would, abs- it would, it would kill, it would eat away. It's eye out its eyes. It would, it would it would destroy its skin. Everything about what you've been told is not only false, the reverse is true. So those compounds that are showing up are signaling molecules as you're referring to, which is a huge confusion piece, which comes in through two different ways. One is because we have been lied to intentionally about urine and urine is getting sold back to us. And this is the big scam, the big lie that's going on. And And then people like me are getting mocked and even like, the talk show hosts that are promoting these experimental other medical treatments that are making big companies profit exponentially are funding these things. And then people like me that are sharing these types of things are like often the ones that get mocked on these things because there is a, is a natural design um, because the therapeutic value of what your body offers you as its own compound pharmacy in the mechanism I'm talking about is the biggest threat to that system because you don't need them when you understand this, generally speaking, uh, you know, there becomes fewer and fewer things that you'll need them for. And this is why it's a huge threat and why we should always kind of watch our, uh, you know, watch ourselves and make sure we're flawless with the information that we're communicating. Um, But like this metabolite system, the way it works is that it'll give you a print of like, just imagine like a 3D printer and water holding memory. So it's giving you a scan of your whole body. And as the blood is getting compressed and filtered through the nephrons, these tiny tubes that uh, it's being pressed through to create a filtrate, a purified version of that blood, which is what we refer to as urine, which is medical name is plasma ultra filtrate, which is plasma blood ultra, ultra filtrate, filtered, ultra filtered blood. So, Your blood is being filtered, and this is why urine is sterile. Um, Those that argue against it would still at least say that it's sterile-like, and certainly all people would say it's more sterile than the blood. So what does that mean? Everyone that's firstly arguing against uh, that people doing urine therapy should all be 100% vegetarians, because why would you consume unfiltered blood by eating an animal and not consume your filtered blood, which is your urine, because it's more sterile than your blood. And uh, that's the process that it's going through.
0: Uh, It's an interesting thought experiment. So if you're saying that urine is bad for you because it's a waste product, right? But we know that the blood actually accumulates the toxins and chemicals and heavy metals and all the toxins and chemicals that you're worried about from your urine. um, And the blood is not, filtered yet when you eat, uh, you know, a, a fresh cut of beef, for example, and all the, the red blood that has not necessarily been filtered like your urine has, because the urine goes through an ultra filtration process through the kidneys and so forth before it gets, you know, into the bladder and, and released, right? So you're Absolutely. actually saying that urine is cleaner than the blood you're eating from from animals.
1: A million times, like there's just no comparison. Uh, it's safe enough for a baby to live in for nine months or you know eight months plus you know around there and and but 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 unfiltered blood certainly would not be a safe environment for a baby to live in. There's a reason why God, the Creator, life, the the mystery of somehow the uh, yeah alleged or apparent intelligent design that goes on there and like how the masterpiece of life. Clearly, there's there's uh, information there that's showing us there's something very safe about this substance, and not only safe is that like the baby comes out and you touch its skin and it's just like there's nothing better than that. Like there's there's no improvement. And This is why you know a video so, soft as a baby's
0: about, bo- soft as a baby's bottom, yeah. right? Soft as baby's skin. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's a saying, you know.
1: Um, exactly. It came out of you and it easily goes back into you, and that's the interesting part about how urine works with the skin because uh, it is. Uh, it's a filtration of your blood and it's, and it's, but it's water. And, and so what's happening is your body can easily absorb that. And absorption is really the issue because if you could just put water on your skin, then you would have a moisturizer, but it's not actually easily absorbed in the body. The same is true with water going in your body and dehydration and disease are so deeply connected. Um, And, you know, dead water is, is a real thing. And, I can hundred percent tell you that urine is living water. Why? Because it has stem cells in it and it's actually filled with stem cells. Uh, and that, that will be a shock to people. And I'll like close the loop on the womb here um, for the, pardon the pun, but uh, the, the metabolites are self signaling causing the baby to remove the metals and the toxins and the chemicals. And, and that's like, Now, is Is there
0: evidence of that and 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 i just want to clarify what you're saying is because the baby's drinking in the urine and there may be heavy metals in that urine that they've absorbed in from their mother for example then the body processes it filters it there's metabolites of those toxins in the urine and it drinks it back in and you're saying by drinking it back in that's actually signaling the body to find more of those heavy metals or whatever toxins are there and continue to remove them from the body that's what you're yeah saying, exactly right? but
1: and the, the mystery of this is also like well like they they're clearly not doing all the detoxification processes that we do like you know bowel movements being one and even sweating and things like this but the the self signaling like the evidence if you look at human case studies um you there are examples many examples where people will do urine therapy and one one of the most fascinating aspects, firstly, is that if somebody is mercury poisoned, as one example, you'd expect them to have high amounts of mercury in their urine, especially because it's understood that that's how the the person is detoxifying themselves. But the reality is that they actually have infinitesimal amounts of mercury, actually what would be regarded as safe levels of mercury, which is surprising to know that um, that they they have very low levels. Um, that's, that's a strange aspect, but they're but there's a reading there and it scores like accurately as, as the compound of, in this case, mercury or another toxic chemical as an example. Um, but when the people then take the, the urine orally as one example, then their mercury levels go down, not up. That would be an example of how it's used to self signal to remove the toxins um, as a
0: soul therapy. So that's, that's one example, but. Now when the- you say, sorry, stay on that. When you say that's one. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, is that is that a person who told you that? Is this a published case study somewhere I can look at? Is this is there multiple publications on this that have shown that mechanism of action?
1: Yeah, there's there are published um uh findings on this. Um the and then Dr. Ed Group has cited some uh of these to me, so he's one to also follow up. But I've read um some of the published uh work on that, but it's something that I would I'm glad you zero in on it because if we could prove this point, then that that's like where a lot of this kind of challenge could get solved. uh, Essentially.
0: Uh, um, Yeah. Go ahead uh, and continue. And I'll, I'll see if I can, what I can find while you're talking as well. But yeah, uh, no, that's, I mean that if, if that's true, that's incredible, right? Like literally we have a self detoxifying mechanism within us, uh, at our fingertips literally at the tips of our you know (laughs) parts of our bodies that we can take back in and tell our bodies hey basically let's get rid of the metabolites that we don't need that are destroying our body harming our body causing chronic inflammation leading to chronic diseases like cancer etc um and i know there's a lot more we can talk about obviously you know that this has been used for thousands of years from different cultures. There are actually case studies out there of doctors using this for cancer patients as well. We can get into some of that, but, um, yes, that you were going to, you were going to kind of close the group. Oh, on- I think,
1: I, and um, I think, but that is the perfect point from like where I was going to go with that. And there is some things where I would like wish there to be a bigger body of information on. Right. But, um, certainly for me, there is more than enough to, to find this, to be completely, uh, safe and, and extraordinarily effective. So, so Nathan, the thing here with, uh, cancer is that there are many documented case studies on cancer being put into remission and to be reversed in all different types of cancer and, um, uh, and also accumulation of case studies, uh, put together and put before symposiums, uh, like massively peer reviewed and even, uh, published in British. Like I'll give an example of one that was published in the British medical journal. Okay. And so this is a really important one because it's a 12 year study and it was 300 physicians that were behind the study. So is that, are you listening? You know what I mean? Like that's the, if someone does is not listening to a 12 year study that concludes specifically and is published in the British medical journal that the H11, which is urine extract uh, effectively stops the progression of cancer. Um, then, I don't know what you know, it will take for people when, when they actually put together thousands of laboratory findings and hundreds of human case studies and conducted that safely and effectively over a period of 12 years. And so then you know to come back to the point that I was making is that this will show you signs of what I'm saying is true, where uh, it is reducing. In this case, uh, the marker isn't like a toxin or a heavy metal. Specifically, it's cancer. It's an unwanted growth in the body. it's it's a presence of aberrant cells that are not forming into proper normal cells. It's it's a tumor, it's a growth. And and then the consumption of urine in this case, uh, this this example is an example of injection, but whether it's oral or injection or enema, in all cases, it's getting into the body. And the presence of this substance is causing, in this case, a remission or a stopping of the progression of cancer. It's actually stopping that cancer from continuing to form and uh the all different studies many published in very reputable sources were showing not only the, the stopping of the progression of cancer but cancer being put into remission uh so and so more to talk about there
0: yeah do you have any of those studies you can you can pull up and share we can take a look at uh together
1: Absolutely. yeah i'd love to uh and the uh this is uh this is exciting. I was just going over this the other day with uh a, a mutual friend Dr. Tony Jimenez. He was excited about it and found it really uh really interesting okay so and mind you uh like speaking of somebody that has practiced urine therapy uh in a different way, like he's been doing an extraction process. you're familiar with it for no. yeah, so he's been doing for the past uh, about twenty years. It's called sota, mm.
0: which
1: is a urine extraction. And and so to my shock, when when I was explaining to him things that I'd found, he's like jaw dropped and he's he's like, hold on a second. There's 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 more in this. Like I've I've been looking at this part of urine, but this part of urine is is where it's at. And and so then I'm getting like, and then I get on another call and he's got both of his, he's got all of his medical staff just all tuning in. I'm like, okay, so. Here's these facts. Here's these facts, and I'm like, but he, but but it, it's amazing because he he's been doing it for 20 years. The method that he uses is called R Sota, which is autologous, which means healing arising from one's own cells and tissues. React, uh, sorry, autologous receptor specific oncogenic target acquisition. So, like, just kind of put the get- words together. Autologous meaning um, healing arising from yourself. Um, receptor. So you're looking at like the, the communication between uh, how your body is uh, like a lock key and lock with, with something. Uh, And then you've got uh, specific. So you're, you're using like antigens specifically from your urine. So you're not carpet bombing cancer with chemo and, and the whole body you're actually looking at tools that are giving you specific information so that the body can recognize self and non-self and, uh, oncogenic cancer target acquisition. So to, to target and specifically lock on and to help identify that cancer for the body to do one of two things, kill the cancer or help the cancer cell to regulate into a normally, he- a normal healthy cell, which is referred to as de differentiate D differentiation therapy, which is, again, really interesting. Uh, But urine actually has all the key components that it takes to get a cancer stem cell to form a healthy stem cell. This is from the University of Chicago. You'll love this information. Um, When I say that, I'm talking specifically, if you research and you find, well, what is it that a cancer stem cell lacks? And when I say cancer stem cell, a lot of people aren't used to hearing that. So Nathan, you're, you're uber familiar. These are cells that are responsible for the uh, like let's say the genesis and the directing and the progression of cancer all lies with not the uh, daughter cells, which are what are killed by chemo, but with the stem cells or mother cells, which are not killed by chemo, but are killed by other drugs that are documented to do so like metformin and met and membendazole and natural compounds like curcumin and uh, so you know, their published study is showing that they can do that. But, but the question is a cancer stem cell is one step away from just being a stem cell that would have differentiated into a normal healthy, healthy cell. And so what stopped it from doing that? And there was two things, one is cytokines and the other one is hormones. They're the two things that a cell needs to mature to become a normal healthy cell and learn things that are important. For example, apoptosis, the ability to, to uh, self uh, program its own death and to, to like know when it's needed or not, versus to tap into unlimited telomerase where it just doesn't stop replicating and uh, doesn't, and and like acts as though it's immortal, um, which is what telomerase is all about. And so the things that it needs is these these ingredients, hormones, and specifically the uh, cytokines, which is, which is secretions from cells, but they are actually highly present in urine hormones, like your whole hormone profiles in urine and and then interleukins and other cytokines are there in urine and because basically everything that's in your blood you've got a metabolic print of it in your urine but a high concentration of the compounds that work as antibodies and so you have concentrations of these uh, which is why people think that urine is a elimination method but it's actually it's the method why where your body is giving you antibodies antidotes anti-venoms anti-toxins and there's more things to prove there, but I can that's like kind of that's where a lot of folk medicine comes in where people remember you know peeing on the jellyfish sting because your body then concentrating its uh its uh antibody approach and giving you the compounds and metabolites it needs to self signal with because it your blood has all the information about that specific sting, and so it's it's extremely uh unique and effective, but the um the stem cells is the other aspect that's needed to help healthy uh, stem cell cancer cells become normal healthy cells because stem cells uh will they're used and the University of Chicago has talked about how uh, these mechanisms are like really interesting because what happens is when a stem cell goes into the body it actually stick to tumors and because of this uh cancer therapies are now developing ways to attach chemo drugs and other drugs to stem cells so that they'll go and attach it to the cancer cell and and like be like a trojan horse and then like blow it up like you know let's go trick him but like the amazing thing is that but the other side of that is the maturation of the cell and you've got all the ingredients all within urine you've got the stem cells the hormones and the cytokines so you have the ability to then attract towards the cancer cell and then the ability to educate the cancer cells now that being said i will tell you this do i have proof like with a microscope that this is like, you know, the urine goes in and then it just targets. And then we do this, no, like, I don't have proof on that. I have a lot of like different points of proof that help this picture to be very clearly formed in my mind, like in 1966 in Atlantic city in New Jersey, the two researchers that without fail, this was published uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, in, a, in a credible source where every time they put the cancer cells together with the urine uh, extract, which in this case was... Um, Uh, They called it directin because what it would do is it would cause the cancer to assemble itself in straight in straight end to end rows and they there was never a time when it wouldn't do this in in their experiments these are two researchers and published in 1966 so like you see these different things and you see intelligence and you see that it's clearly instructing and that gives you all this kind of wisdom and clarity on okay this this makes sense why why it shows the history that it worked. He he looks like the mechanism of why it's working.
0: So going back to some of the things um, that are presently in urine that may be beneficial for our bodies uh, that you're talking about is one, these, these metabolites, these signaling um, chemicals, if you will, that tell our body, you know, detox this, heal this, whatever, uh, hormones that may be beneficial for us that our body needs um, and, uh, stem cells that our urine actually has stem cells and stem cells is the big craze right now. You have an injury, yeah. you've got a, you know, a, uh, tendon that won't heal, or you've got, you know, there are people using stem cells for just about everything now. Uh, and yeah. you're saying, and, and, and we know actually that our urine has stem cells in it, but what you're saying is that the stem cells in our urine can benefit us Drinking it and putting it back into our body. Absolutely. Now, are those stem cells any different than when you go get stem cell therapy? They take uh, some stem cell therapy is, you know, they'll take your fat and then they'll extract the stem cells from your fat and then they'll inject that back into your body. Is there any difference between those stem cells and the stem cells in our urine? There are, there are slight differences. And okay,
1: so... And then, which is best, right? And uh, certainly, which one's painless? The the one where there's no like extraction method, like bone marrow, sadly, painful, still like awesome and effective. So, the urine derived stem cell is categorized as it's in the category of a mesenchymal stem cell. It's its own category, just like uh, bone marrow derived stem cell, but they, but they're all undifferentiated cells. It's, It's not a pluripotent cell, a pluripotent cell, like you don't, they don't naturally, they, they occur in, and, and certain tissue, but like they, they are a urine stem cell or another type of stem cell can get reprogrammed. If you want to go through like massive scientific procedures, you can reprogram it into a pluripotent stem cell, which is really interesting, but like it's, um, the possibilities of what it can form into is basically everything except for placenta. Uh, so it, so the question is, can this stem cell form knee cartilage? Yes. Can it form eye cells? yes can it form brain cells yes it has that been documented i can show you documented case studies of urine derived stem cells forming brain cells uh and forming uh heart cells and so that's just two examples um so their ability to uh like attach to a stimulus and then to form that uh, uh are um remarkable. The upsides are, well, okay. So the, the way that they resemble like the same as a bone marrow derived stem cell or another, any other mesenchymal stem cell, the amniotic fluid stem cells, ironically, the way the, the the stem cells that most people are getting are actually all just baby urine anyway. So it's, it's surprisingly that they shouldn't, they actually technically should be categorized the same uh, because it's, it's, they're, they're both the same substance. They just
0: But they should still because go in different from categories. The, because that, because those are from the From the umbilical cord, right? When you get the stem cells from the baby, it's actually from the umbilical cord. And so what you're really getting is the urine that's been passing. Is that right? Got it.
1: Yes, exactly. You're getting the cultured uh, urine and like the warden's jelly around the umbilical cord. uh, That is like high concentration of stem cells, very effective that that's an example of all these constituents that are happening in the presence of aged urine. Uh, so like, I'll give you an example. So, so I um,
0: wouldn't, I wouldn't inject another baby's stem cells into my body personally, Yeah. but millions of people are. So, (laughs) so yeah, if you're already injecting someone else's urine into your body, basically, (laughs) (laughs) why would you use your own urine? You know? Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And I, I would do it if like, you know, because of how, how how persuaded I am in the purity of, of urine. But if it wasn't urine, I would also have an issue. It's just, I've studied so much. And I like, I would bet on my ki- a kidneys to do the filtration more than a skyscraper as high as uh, the tallest, you know, Dubai building filled with filters. And something going through all that filtration and then I get the drop out of the end and go like, okay, I'm, I'm like feeling secure about this filtration. Look, at, it's gone through a lot of processes. I'd feel far more safe with the filtration of my kidneys than I would with that massive like building filled with filters. I'm just so convinced in its efficacy. Like you can't beat God. It doesn't matter that they're small and they're in your body and you don't think that they do much. They do a lot and uh, they keep you alive. Uh, the masterpiece of kidneys shows why, you know, anti-venoms kill people. I have not yet read or found any case where a single person died from uh, doing urine therapy and people uh, survived snake bites like black mamba snake bites and you know, doing urine therapy they are examples. They are anecdotal because there's not never going to be a clinical study. It's
0: unethical to do that. I would agree that that's unethical. Right? <laughs> <So it's> like- <laughs> let's uh, let's let's inject you with some poison and then drink your urine and see if you die or not. That's pretty <laughs> <Right>. exactly. <laughs> no, no, there could there could be a study where there was you know a you know a small amount of a toxin injected and then that that was clearly not going to kill you or cause any damage, right? Like, you could volunteer for something like that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. I'm thinking of Wim Hof. You know, they they injected him with a bacteria. This was a thing that he decided to do, and then yeah. showed that he could remove it from his body.
1: Which is, like, kind of a study of wine and, like, kind of, like, a bit bit of, like, publicity stunt as far as people that, like, scientific community, like, oh, that's not conclusive. It's just this one crazy guy. Exactly. But But it's enough to convince people. So it's, like, some people... Yeah, you know, we'll do that, but it's part of the reason why snake charmers will have the a vial of their urine handy, like right there with them. Like they there's a lot of them that understand that and that's how they they survive all all that. Like I mean, like really it, so these stories
0: these stories are of people who've been bitten by poisonous snakes and then they yeah. they drink their own urine and and they believe that's what basically helps Absolutely them. Absolutely the
1: reason why they're still alive, especially when they're like, you know, high chances of fatality, like uber high. There's certain certain species where like, it's like a 70%, like, you know, or higher death rate, 80%, et cetera. I mean, it's remember, a, I don't
0: know if you read the book. There might be a film. I think there was a film about it too, of the guy, I can't remember his name, but he was out hiking by himself and he, um, a rock fell when he was hiking. It landed right on his arm, yeah. giant boulder. And he yeah. was, you know, it was his arm was crushed. Couldn't move the boulder laying on the ground and was there for days and days. And basically, you know, uh, he ran out of water, obviously, on the first day and then started peeing into his camelback and was drinking his urine every day and was there for, I have to look it up and see, but it seemed like he was there for like eight days, 10 days, 12 days, something like that until he got the courage to basically cut his own arm off with, uh, with like a Swiss army knife, like a Leatherman, so he cut his own arm off and then stumbled down and got found by some people and they got him to the hospital and... You know, he he's uh I think he's still alive today. I think he's a motivational speaker yeah. and I mean incredible story, but I mean, you know, there he is surviving on his own urine for days and days. And who's to say that that, you know, if this is all true, you know, the stem cells and the basically, you know, may have kept him alive while he's laying there okay. with his arm totally smashed, pinned under a rock, like basically dying, right? And absolutely. Maybe it's regenerating and keeping him alive, but he certainly—at at least we know—he survived on his own urine uh, for quite a exactly. while. Exactly. Exactly, you
1: got that right. And like, his, you know, people are going to ask questions: of stem cells, can you ingest them, and can they go through your skin? And the womb would say yes, because you know. So I, I'm going to bank on that. It's, it's very clear to me. But, but, um, but yeah, like it, the fact that people can survive on this means that people need to know that it's it's something. Like people die all the time from whether it's snake bites or dehydration because they, they didn't know about this. Um, and like, it's amazing to understand how your body works. I could go out into the ocean now, soak myself in the ocean and then you'll notice what happens is your body. Then is like basically working as a converter to convert it to something that's basically, it It would still classify. It's like saline because it's still got the salt in it, which is actually good because your body needs that. But you, if you, if you drink it after you, you go, wow, this just tastes very much like um, like spring water because your your body gets super hydrated and then your body is now converting all that water that's coming through it into something that you can safely drink, which so like you know, people soaking in in the water and things like that, like taking in more water. And like, there's so many different things that your body can do and if people only knew. But coming back to this stem cell issue, um, so I'll tell you the rate of proliferation. And this was backed by the uh, Wake Forest Institute. You've heard me reference this one. It was the Institute of Regenerative Medicine. They took an NIH grant, uh, so I'm sure the the NIH isn't like always doing the best things, in my opinion. But here's an example of money getting used for something good. And uh, this university independently did this. And what they found when they took a 24-hour urine sample in each of the 10 healthy adult adult males was around 140 stem cells on average, a full 24-hour sample. I'm going to put forward the fact that most of the concentration of those stem cells is going to be in the morning urine based on the fact that when people rest, they're regenerating, they're generating stem cells. Um, and there's a high concentration of all the different, uh, compounds and metabolites and, and minerals. Uh, now when it was left to sit for three weeks, it proliferated at a rate of one times 10 to the power of eight, that uh, equated to a hundred million stem cells, urine derived stem cells, a hundred million in three weeks. And so they were there in a vial just showing, wow, this rate of replication is, is, is incredible. What they also published in that study was that urine-derived stem cells could not form teratomas or tumors. Uh, and they've never been able to do that since they were first discovered in 2008. Now, does that not give somebody that considered doing stem cell therapy, but had cancer and felt like they, that wasn't an option for them. And if you were so sure that urine derived stem cells simply just can't replicate into a cancerous cell. They just they come from the filtrate. Uh, And that filtrate of the body is is in a purified substance that that has actually no confusion. And it's the it's the reason why now I think about what happens in the womb. I'll close the loop now finally on the womb that I had shared. So the urine is going the amniotic fluid urine, let's like kind of go interchangeably, but like there's slight different categorizations, but we're talking about here, the baby urinating, forming the amniotic fluid, this substance going in through the nose, through the mouth, forming the lungs of the baby. Any clinical study would tell you that somehow the amniotic fluid is responsible for forming the lungs of the baby, which is really interesting. Like why, how? And if the babies don't urinate, what happens is they die right at that point. That's when they don't form lungs. And so it's essential. They will die without urine. And now, what does this tell you when you realize that stem cells are in urine? When if you research stem cells, like just anyone look up stem cells and hearts growing outside of the body on a scaffold, like look up some of the key words of how stem cells can get used to actually make organs outside of a body. And the, the way is simply to have a genetic blueprint. So you got instructions and then you got a stem cell, which is basically a stem cell saying, I'm at your disposable, I'm a building block. Like I'll be whatever you want me to be baby. And it'll, when it attaches, it will form into what it's told to do. And so in this case, if it goes inside, like the, the nose, the mouth, and goes into this area, then it basically knows It's getting the instruction from inside the fetus. Um, This is what I'm hypothesizing is happening based on the fact that it would be the only case where this is not happening because any other case where you look at stem cells getting attached to a genetic blueprint, they just, they have to form into it. It's like what they're destined to do. They can't help but do it. And so they'll form into it. And so what's happening is they must be forming into the, the lung cells. And then it also says that this fluid is also responsible for forming other organs. So now you've got water that's filled with stem cells going through, creating your digestive, digestive system. You've got water outside your body that's going transdermally. And one of the things, things I was going to mention is urea, is, which, is, which is actually a synth, typically a synthetic form of urine. They're trying to find a way to resemble urine to make it uh, be able to go back into the skin. To create moisturizers because urine, like basically urine is truly, I'm I'm saying it's truly the only true clinically proven moisturizer. Um, and what happens is the baby is getting um the that water is permeable, it's going in the skin, it must be delivering stem cells through the skin as well. And and so the baby is getting formed from the outside and in the inside. That was a huge tangent, but there you go.
0: <laughs> All right uh speaking of and then i want to share this study that you mentioned because i found it and it's actually really um fascinating and backing up a lot of what you just said uh before we do talking about urine i actually have to pee so let's take a quick break i'll be right back Go ahead, all sense. right so i uh i had to pee take a little pee break and yeah. uh i captured a little bit of my urine while i was peeing oh, you did and uh i didn't i I probably could have filled this whole glass just (laughs) i only captured a little bit i'm still not convinced yet so i'm not going to drink it yet but we'll see by the end of the podcast uh
1: oh yeah (laughs) i'm getting getting closer and closer i admire your ability to not uh, um uh feel ashamed to to do that you know what i mean (laughs) because that's uh, just human tendency. Like you find something like shocking or whatever, you're like, Oh, I don't know if I really want to get known for this or whatever, but it's like, all right, whatever. Who cares? Like people are dying. We need to help people. And let's just play it all out. Cause we're not going to win this. If we don't kind of have, have some uh, guts and, you know,
0: well, heart, I, and... you know, I don't, I could care. less what people think about me. If I drink urine or <laughs> that's not, I, I'm more concerned about, you know, what my wife's going to say. If she sees me drinking urine, she might not want to kiss oh, me again. Good. That, that might be a, I don't know. What, what's your wife think? You know, she still kiss you. Oh, yeah. I mean, give me some hope. Yes. Here. No, exactly. No, these are the things that we got to <laughs> talk about. So my, my wife
1: uh, originally was like, Oh no. And I'm like, oh, I'm done for a <laughs> oh, bit. I'm, 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 like, oh, well, I'm, I'm
0: like,
1: I'm like, I'm like going to be like a urine drinking monk now. Like what's happening? <laughs> like my wife is like, you know, just like sleep on the other side of the bed. Like what's going to happen to my love life? Like I just look at the comments where people are like, "This guy's never gonna get laid again." People like say all this stuff about me. It's so funny, and then um, but like no, it's fine. She uh, it it doesn't it doesn't smell, and like it doesn't. You put it right on your skin. Five minutes later, go kiss your wife, and she she wouldn't realize, or she'd be like, "Man, your skin's soft." And like, just, <laughs> it, it just yeah, your skin feel. is
0: looking pretty soft, dude. Something's working.
1: Oh, oh thanks, bro. I put it on your it. you put
0: it on your skin every day, or what?
1: Yeah. No, I do I do I, like I don't I didn't today, but I did yesterday, like I mean, so it's still the net result of like the weekend, and it it yeah, you definitely can feel the moisturization like just what I'm saying is true about the uh like the urea and that like it just it goes in the skin and you're just trying to get water in the skin, it's like kind of just basic science and it just goes in, and you can just go wash it off five ten minutes later because it's gonna be already in anyway, just kind of just go straight in. you're like, okay, well, it's done? Yeah,
0: I mean that's. I think that's more palatable for people to just like take some urine, put it on your skin, whatever, let it sit, and then wash it off if you're concerned about it. But if you think that it has the benefits that we're talking about—the stem cells and the hormones and the you know the positive hormones and the and the signaling molecules and things like that—and you wanted to get the benefits, that's probably we know what absorbs in through the skin passes into the bloodstream. So you know if if you don't want to drink it right i like i said yeah i'm i'm uh getting closer to being convinced actually drinking this but i'm telling you what, it's it's that's a big one for me to overcome for whatever reason since i was a child been deeply programmed that urine yeah. is a waste product you know like i'm like disgusted if it gets on my hands i'm disgusted if it gets on it's a deep subconscious belief dude it's yeah. like i get you know you get little drops on your leg or something you know and you're in a hurry and it's like oh man it, take a rat, you know, paper towel with some yeah. water and wipe it off. And here you are telling me, no, rub it on your skin, put it on your face, drink yeah. it. Like, you know, so Based it's a it deep, it. deep subconscious belief. We got to overcome if, if this is as beneficial, uh, as you yeah, say. People, and, people, people would say, I'd prefer to die.
1: And, and I'm like, <laughs> and, then, prefer to die. and then like most, I wouldn't go as far as to say that. Exactly. Most of the people it's because probably half to do the fact that you have, you're, you have a wife and kids, like most of those people that say that to me, they don't, they're just single. And like, they're kind of, they don't really have, they don't realize that they probably don't have much, like a ton of purpose. And so they accidentally say things like that. And it's like, bro, like, do you like, I look at what my future would look like without like, I mean, like look at what my family would look like doing life without me just like, I would do anything to stay alive. Are you kidding me? Like right. if doing something that's uncomfortable for me, like, like I was thinking about the guy that cut off his arm. Like, I don't know what his family situation was, but there was someone he was getting back for. I'm telling you that I know that much for sure. Someone that he's getting back for someone that like, is so important to him.
0: Yeah, actually, I think if I remember correctly, he had a sister. I think he was, you know, deeply connected with his sister. Um, there was yeah. definitely, there was definitely a drive. It's been like, uh, 15, 14, 15 years, I think since I read that book. So I don't remember the exact story, but, um, there was definitely a drive for him to stay alive. I remember that yeah. for sure. And that, That's that awesome. drive to keep us alive, you know, can lead us to do stupid things and can lead us to do really intelligent things. Um, some people exactly. oh, you know, out of self preservation, so right, right? Fight or flight. Sometimes you take really stupid actions. But yeah. out of intelligence and deep thinking and keeping ourselves alive for a deeper, profound purpose a spiritual purpose, a family purpose, a purpose of service to others you know, that usually helps you do more intelligent things. And just like what I've done, I mean, I've heard you talk about this for the last couple of years. I still haven't even tried this yet. And uh, I'm getting more and more close to it though, right? I always encourage people, research things further. Don't believe what Jonathan's telling you. Don't believe what we're saying here. Go research it. Go talk to other experts. Look deeper into all the studies and things that uh, have been discussed. Like, use your own logic and reasoning and ask lots of questions. Don't believe what the so-called experts are telling you out there. You've got to figure out things for yourself. That's a problem we have with our current society is like, and that's what the problem with this, this, you know, pandemic thing that we went through was so many people stopped using or never used critical thinking. They didn't ask questions. They, and then you were ashamed if you were asking questions and then you were called, you know conspiracy theorists and all kinds of names and you were shamed and oh you don't care about people and it's like no this is the time to ask questions more than ever when you go shop for a new car you don't get shamed and called a conspiracy theorist when you're asking questions about that car right. and the price of it and where did it come from and you know has the oil been changed recently and those are intelligent questions you're asking to discover and sometimes you find that people are lying to you and that actually Uh, like with the truck that I bought, you know, they spray painted under the carriage that, uh, to cover up all the rust that had happened, you know, from being in the, in the winter climate and decided to never tell me about it. You ask questions and sometimes you find out people are lying to you for their own gain. And this is times we have to ask questions on all sides of things. Is this good for me? Is this bad for me? You know, um, and dig deeper. And so. I appreciate you, you know, being willing to to go deeper into these questions. I want to share this study you mentioned, actually, which I think is pretty cool. This is in Frontiers, um, differentiation capacity of human urine-derived stem cells to retain telomerase, telomerase activity. This is uh, you were mentioning things. I think that came straight from this study, and. One of the things that they talked about in here that I thought was really interesting. This was the part where you said they took ten healthy male adults. They, um, let's see, fifty group. Find telomeres activity extended passage. No, no. This is the part that I want to say right here was the USC's, which are the clones. The basically the clones of the stem cells from the urine right yeah the yeah. urine derived stem cells otherwise called uscs yeah. they displayed Correct. normal chromosome and no oncological transformation i mean they did not become cancerous after being implanted in vivo into uh i'm, I'm assuming the 10 healthy males right. so that's um, a human study right uh yeah no it's a good question i <clears throat> and it says right I here actually as i
1: assume that it's my, mice. I'm assuming that it's mice. Let's double check it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to
0: double check. Exactly. That's what... I was thinking too. I was like, do, a... they, do they put it into people or mice? But let's find out.
1: I mean, that'd be awesome. I'd love to see them put them into people. It says I, I right here... they oh.
0: haven't done any yet. It said, overall, as a safe cell source, telomerase positive urine-derived stem cells have a robust regenerative potential in cell proliferation and multipotent differentiation capacity. So, for yeah. people... To help break that down for people. Multipotent differentiation capacity means that those stem cells can basically um, adapt and change and be used for all different types of cell regeneration. So it's not just kidney cells, it's not just heart cells it's not they can multipotent differentiation they can differentiate into help regenerate different types of cells. It's a multipotent differentiating capacity with those stem cells from the urine which is freaking pretty incredible That's um, Awesome. yeah i'd have to look through this but i bet it was in mice i'd have to go deeper but um telomerase activity assay cell proliferation let's see what they're uh when they injected it in vivo, in vivo. uh culture medium is changed twice a week non no. Let's see. Yeah, nude. Yeah, so it was injected into mice. Yeah. In a bit for value of General graph So the results. I I'd, I'd like to spend some time reading through this, and I would encourage people to go find this and redo it if they want to. But let's just let's go see at least what the conclusion said. Yeah, I'm glad you got go the conclusion. I like this. Human primary urinary stem cells with positive TA telomerase activity act as a distinct subpopulation, potential regeneration, potential regeneration capacity in both cell proliferation and multiple differentiation. That's huge, right? We just talked about that. They can give rise to osteogenic, skeletal, smooth muscle, urothelial cell lines. Uh, They do not form teratoma, which is what you said, and provides a safe cell source for clinical application. In addition, the number of urine-derived stem cells decline with increasing age. That's interesting. Future investigations should...
1: And I can qualify that just so so I can tell you exact findings there, but continue if you want.
0: Future investigations should focus on understanding the role that physiological factors play in regulating both the temporal patterns and their influence on the ability of these cells to participate in better tissue repair. Determining the requirements for the effect of telomeres activity on the paracrine effect of urine-derived stem cells has important implications for understanding the anti-inflammatory fibrosis inhibition, right? This is inhibiting fibrosis, which is important, um, and redox effects. So they found, obviously, in the the study, and you'd have to go back and find out exactly what they found, but they found that it had uh, or showed important implications for anti-inflammatory effects, fibrosis inhibition and redox effects from the urine derived stem cells, which is pretty awesome. And they're just saying they need more, they want more studies to understand it better. Yeah, exactly. And which is great. Uh, of course. But some, some of them
1: will never happen, uh, not with the current system, they will happen with a different system, but um, you, you have to then now grab a, and and look at different, you know, applications of that data and look at history and look at people that are currently doing this and to, to like, look at applications. Otherwise you're going to wait on someone that's not kind of, they don't have any more, you know, direction for you of like, but use this information wisely to qualify the point that you, um, it brought up there or the question mark around the age groups and telomerase activity. So telomerase, telomerase is the a lengthening of a telomere and a telomere is what determines the biological age of anyone. And uh, as that goes shorter, in this case, this repetition of DNA that's on the end of a chromosome, when it goes shorter, you're going to see all these accelerated signs of aging and degeneration and chronic disease. If it's longer, then you'll see the reverse of all those things, including a remission of disease. It's, it is actually true. You can see
0: uh, this turn around like that. And so- Yeah, the, know, te- is just a, yeah the telomerase to clarify- is it's the enzyme that's responsible for helping lengthen the telomere telomeres uh, Mm. on the cells and you can and you can study the cells and study the length of the telomeres just like you said that are directly associated with health and longevity as a human being and the longer the telomeres the the long the the more likely it is that you're living youthful as you age, right? You're living longer and healthier. And as those telomeres shorten through their finding through various, you know, mechanisms of damage from our diet and lifestyle and stress and so forth, it's directly associated with shortened lifespan, all-cause mortality, increased disease risk, et cetera.
1: Exactly, you got it. Um, And, uh, Um, dang it, my... I was trying to help someone in the hospital the other day and I um, had translated this into Spanish. So now I've got it back in English. Uh, <laughs> oh, you speak Spanish? Yeah, uh, uh, no, no, not enough. Um, yes. Okay. Telomerous activity is exhibited um, in gametes and stem and tumor cells. Um, so the, the 74, 75- so what happened with the different categories? uh, Thank you for the clarification too. The different categories of people were the 20 to 40 year olds, 20 to 40 year old age group. They had uh, 75% of their stem cells were telomerase positive. uh, And then the 50 year olds age group was 59.2%. And so it just showed that everyone was was in the game uh, as far as I'm concerned and like as you get eight older then of the stem cells that are in your body like the effectiveness of them would continually go down but but I'm going to put forward that it appears that it's perfect for that body it's just that at that point you don't need as much and so your body's just giving you more of what it needs and it's like that decline is not like something to be concerned about and so I do believe that I uh, urine would always be anti-aging um because of that that's what i that's what i believe uh, all right so let's let's take
0: a minute and let's talk about that just a few minutes and kind of bullet point all the research you've done doctors you've talked to case studies you've seen and we're not claiming this is 100 percent, you know guaranteed for everybody but urine therapy if you were to just list out a list of potential benefits that you've discovered so far what would those benefits look like? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so,
1: this self signaling benefit would be that whatever specific toxin you have, urine would have a high probability of being able to get that specific out toxin or collection of toxins out of your body. In that, that then becomes limitless in the types of conditions or sim- symptoms or things like that that could be changed, put into remission uh, the, you know, relieving that toxic burden. Uh, now in terms of just like looking purely at the compounds like this, there's, there's these different interesting compounds like DHEA, and that's known as a miracle drug for anti-aging. Uh, that's in high, so you're nodding. Yeah. That's, that's in urine in high, in high proportions. Wow. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, respectively. Right. Cause, cause again, with metabolites and, and things like that, I, uh, it's metabolites are, you can just have the tiniest amount of something and then it is exponentially effective. But, um, in terms of ratio wise, uh, it, it still constitutes as, as one of the higher, um, uh, a key a key components that, that appear in urine. But, um, then, then you would have like people then could expect benefits like their hair growing, you know, night, you know, youthfully and, and beautifully, uh, you know, in a, and I've seen case studies like that, like where their, their hair is, you know, just soft and beautiful or people are showing signs of like, they're having like regrowth of their hair is growing when they, you know, they were having issues with that. And it can be a complaint. Like there are women that complain about having to shave their hair on their legs, like much, much at a much more rapid pace. I've seen, seen that. And then, you know, vision, I've seen case studies, even of doctors telling me how much their vision has improved. We have even had someone in our audience talk about their vision improved um, significantly. But the other thing that was interesting is that her eyes changed color uh, is the second time I've heard that. Um, and, but, you know, you hear about these things occasionally, it's completely anecdotal, but, but just amazing. And, and, like, you have an idea of the fact that we, we do some of the work we do together. And I just did this thing the other day. It would blow your mind if you saw it, it just happen live time. This is where my, some of my staff are like, I would have thought these were paid actors, just given how like synchronized this all happened. Like, you just asked, did anyone get any results? And then I unmute the microphone. And then I've got all these conditions, the people that had these life threatening conditions, um, having people have them turned around in really short periods of time. Um, these heart conditions, I've seen. I mean, these are anecdotal. So I want to be careful um, and sending off any flags, but um, you know, I've seen cases where people, they're like heart palpitations and um, like mysterious heart conditions or like this one woman, she came on the other day, it was uh premature, uh, uh, premature um, cardio. Um, like she was having, it's a uh, premature
0: cardio These these are people second. you've been you've been interviewing who's sharing their stories with you? Exactly. Are you putting these online somewhere? Yes. I have to find out uh, if people can go watch some of those interviews somewhere. Oh yeah, true. Um yeah, they're in like
1: there these recent ones were in a series that I did called Healing Genesis Reloaded. Uh and yeah, people can see it at Healing Genesis series.com or, or even just healing com. Like we documented a bunch of these new kind of case studies in, especially in these are diagnosis. people
0: primarily the main thing they started doing was urine, th- drinking their own urine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Premature ventricular contraction. Uh, And so she had that since the age of 15 and it, it was two weeks. Uh, she, she's like, I'm, I don't, i'm asymptomatic completely on this condition i was like well and again like more time i've got other cases where it's been a full 12 months now where um that happened for them and like in this one case i bring up glorious charlene two years straight of heart palpitations after taking like this thing that she felt like she shouldn't have taken just in the last couple of years once she put that into her body she has started having these heart palpitations like now it's a year later. That The first day she drank her urine, her heart palpitations stopped and they never came back. Um, I I will say that, um, you know, there are people that follow Dr. Buttar. Um, I did get information from a, a close uh, friend and source of his that his uh, troponin and D-dimers had normalized in six days when he was doing the urine therapy. But he was also like, worried about doing it which was interesting it, it, like there were a lot of people that showed me different things and but they didn't personally kind of know how to do it or do it frequently themselves they hadn't developed that habit or and, um but that was that was an amazing piece of information from i, w- I would say and you know arguably the best friend of dr Buttar. i just don't want to reveal him but the point is that um i do believe that that, that this was extremely effective for him um, and, and I've seen many cases of people using it for all different types of things, skin conditions. This was one that happened to me. Just like, look at, look at this on my leg. So this is, this just happened. I was, I came back from traveling and then it was so dry. So it's like a ra- kind of eye. like
0: a rash. looks like a kind of bump, bumpy rash.
1: Exactly. So I, um, yesterday I injected this. So this is what it looked like yesterday. And, uh, I had zero irritation it, the, the amount of uh, irritation and like the itchiness was like kind of almost intolerable like I can't sleep kind of thing I just injected into the skin and, so this is uh, so like, this is
0: so what we're looking at yesterday you had this big rash appear after traveling whatever you got this big rash from something and yep. then you choose to inject your urine into it
1: Yep, just very topically, like not deep in there. I'm using an insulin needle. I, I got this idea because i I'd seen someone do this with me with a homeopathic remedy once. actually quite recently on something, and it worked. And I was like, man, that's amazing. All right, by the way, just for you watching,
0: we're not, we're not like telling you go inject yourself with urine, okay? This is no. not what we're telling you. We're just showing you what Jonathan did yesterday to this rash that appeared. Which yeah, it looks exactly. it looks pretty gnarly. Um, okay, so now show us a close up of it right now. I think it looks about halfway, like improved, like fifty percent, like yeah, like fifty percent less, feels, like a hundred percent improved or well, fifty percent improved, maybe.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it feels like um, I'm just trying to stop share. How do I stop share so you can
0: see me more? Uh, uh, Yeah, just hit stop share somewhere or else I can take... There should be a red button for you somewhere. I
1: think it's just because I got
0: my... Um, hit the Here, I'll do it. I'll do it and then I'll stop sharing on my end. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, so this is what it looks like
1: now. Uh, let's go you got to get, get it closer,
0: yeah. Get close-up there of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jono's inner thigh. Yeah, I
1: know, right?
0: Oh yeah, dude. It's like, it looks way better.
1: Dude, I, I don't even know that this is here right now and it doesn't bother me at all. And I, I would say probably in three days, you won't almost see anything. And by a week, it'll be like just a tiny bit of a scar. And then, and like from what I saw happen with a homeopathic remedy, but I, I don't even know where to order that thing. And I was like, I think my urine can do it. And, um, and so Anyway, like I, it's too anecdotal for me to then say this. I want to see it replicated more times, but it's just an example of like knowing that you have something there, but you, yeah, you asked about the benefits, mental clarity, depression, drug addiction, uh, what's my evidence on using this for drug addiction? Uh, Dr. William Hitt is my example, 20,000 patients treated. Uh, he, he would use this as a, um, as a remedy for drug addiction. Uh, And I can see why if you understand that you've got all your neurotransmitters, your hormones, uh, DMT, like things that people are trying to do and finding like even plant medicines and things like I think that like if people really understood urine therapy, they would see that they have everything inside themselves. And there's not I don't think there's a need Um, and like you can get and you'll see a lot of self-healing and trauma release and things like that. So there's these unusual things that are there as well. We talked a lot about the cancer and I'll show some more material on that. And I'll back some of my sources of some of the things I brought up, um, as well. Um, but like, yeah, that's like just a nutshell weight loss. Amazing with weight loss. I've seen cases of people losing exponential amounts of weights in short weight in short period of time, but I've also, and you could see that even if you just put in just anyone puts into you YouTube, sorry, Google, uh, urine therapy before and after just watch, look at all the before and after pictures that show and hit images, and you'll you'll see people. Uh, just think about what happens when you're signaling your body with what what it's missing, and think about how satiated you would become. Like I feel super satiated. It helped me a lot with food addiction and my cravings. Um, like that's the biggest thing. Like you kind of life, people learn about diet, and then their life becomes a bit of a torture because they they crave things that they shouldn't have. But if you could. if if you could give yourself that satiation and your body had all its cues of like you've got everything we're filling all your receptors look at all those metabolites if all those metabolites are like scoring you you're filling your cup so that your your lack is not driving your program
0: yeah that's fascinating um Plus, I know a guy, I don't know him personally. You might know him, um, who looks pretty healthy. I think he's in his 50s, who's been, says he's been doing urine therapy for like 20 years. He's uh, yeah, like, like an, he's 58. 58. 58. Yeah. yeah. Um, Troy. Yeah. He's actually like health Casey. health influencer like online, that. social media.
1: Certified Health Night, great guy. Yeah. And he's interviewed me and he, he was like really humble about it. He's like, man, you're helping me understand the science. And like, as he's been educating more, I'm seeing him like pull out all the facts and, and it's great seeing him in action with it because he's a great billboard for it because he doesn't do TIT, like testosterone re- replacement therapy. He's 58 and he's jacked, right? He looks great. And he, so he's, you know, he's not plant based like you are and I am, but he's not, um, he's open-minded to all these different types of things, but like the fact that he's not uh, taking testosterone, I, it's like one of the examples of somebody that's using urine therapy to, to solve those kinds of things. And that, that friend of ours looks like he's using that in the same manner. Um, like that it, it, it may like help him maintain those levels because like, that's a huge predicament that even anyone on any diet plant-based, I would say is the best for testosterone, like to keep it high but I would still say like everyone's kind of like a little bit lost on that subject without getting like the pellets or the injections in a lot of cases. And I, and I'd like to see it proven that the urine therapy could solve that problem for like most people. Um, but that would, so you know, that would be what huge. I'm going to
0: do. What I want to do is uh, I want to do a couple of tests. I'm going to do a couple of blood tests. Good. Um,
1: Before and after on your metals and stuff, right? And yeah, like
0: exactly. Yep, yeah, Like a toxin panel. And then like a, um, you know, hormone and and overall health panel. Um, I'm really curious on the testosterone thing. Um, yeah, you know, and especially if you're saying there's DHEA in there, that's going to help increase testosterone naturally as an athlete, you know, I'm dealing with healing some chronic injuries too, that like have been flaring up, you know, year after year from just overuse, not healing fully getting back into training heavy before things are fully healed and like I've got some bicep tendinopathy. That's like, you know, I'm really focused on healing right now. That's like taking more time than I want (laughs) for it to heal. And same thing with some, you know, a knee thing. Um, and so you could soak. you could soak by the way in like with rags and
1: have it soaking there, um, Mm. particularly aged urine, uh, but even fresh urine, there was the athlete, the the NFL player that never, like, basically never missed a game because of the urine therapy. Every time he'd get a sprain, he got the sprain on Wednesday, he would boil the water, like, he'd make the urine hot, put his, like, for thirty minutes, soak it. Um, by Friday, he was pr- playing again, which is super not typical for someone spraining an ankle, right? Just like soak a rag in urine and heat it up. And... In this case, he would boil it, and and he would he would soak his foot in the water itself. Oh, and I see. So it was and maybe it wasn't completely boiled, but it was hot. So it was hot. Uh, so that, and in like, I don't know, like that he did that. I, I've not done that. I've not made it like hot like that, but it does make sense like about like really getting that access. But, um, like the stem cell aspect, I, I'd be kind of careful to kind of cook those living organisms. Um, so there's, But then the aged uh, urine, like there are people that are putting them directly on their knees, like seven-day-old, two-week-old urine in like a female pad or a baby diaper or just like a rag wrapped around the knee, letting those stem cells soak through. Um, I think it's an amazing concept.
0: Apparently, it's working. So a couple of things. One, in this book, you recommended that I read The Golden Fountain, which I've been reading. He does talk about in here, like if you're in if you're taking pharmaceuticals or exposed to heavy toxins, I think even like uh, he recommends not doing urine therapy, Um, Mm -hmm. especially if you're on pharmaceuticals. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think differently. Um, And uh, Martha Christie, the author of the book, your own perfect medicine, remember like all these different, like a lot of these books were uh, like written 10, 20, 30 years ago. And and it's all up for debate. Like it's a, and it's a great conversation. Um, the reason why I'm arguing the opposite, I'd side with Dr. William Hit with this, the Nobel Prize he's the Nobel Prize winner, and that he influenced Martha Christie on that as well because he was showing like, look at all these data of people that have these massive drug addictions. They're taking all kinds of drugs. I'm giving them their urine. Not only is it helping them, but it's also helping them get off their drug addictions. And like, let's say for example, uh, with the uh, like the it like it, once anyone would be willing to take their urine if they were stung by a snake or or something else poisonous. If they're willing to do that, then I cannot find any estimation why someone wouldn't do it if they're on a medication because the medication is. I would just compare it to a, a snake bite. Um, it, like I would say, the most harmful medications are the ones containing venoms, um, and there's there's a lot of them, and um, but right. but they're still like. Nothing compares to getting bit in the wild by like a conus geographus cone snail and having, having the 80% fatality rate, like, like immediately on impact. And I'm, and I'm saying within, at a heartbeat, I would, I would drink that with it. zero risk of worry for the urine, but just still concern that, am I going to make it? I'd be like putting nicotine directly on it. I'd be putting um, urine directly on it. Soaking. I'd, you know, have someone try to suck it out as well. Like I'd, you know, I'd be doing all these things, but I would not be concerned about the urine. Um, in that case. So why would I be concerned about it with mm. if I medication? I wonder
0: or if it, even on a healthy diet. Yeah. I mean I guess I guess the argument on the other side is those pharmaceuticals are, even though a lot of them are made from you know snake venoms and toxins and stuff, and that I know it sounds conspiratorial for people, but it's not. It's hundred percent true. You can look it up. Okay. It's well documented. Uh, a yeah. lot of those medications, but they're but they're also very synthetic and toxic to the body. Right? They have they true. they create side effects in the body. They while they might help with one thing, they have a lot of side effects that that can damage other things. So putting if those are going into your urine, putting those back into your body again if that's true, you're saying you think it would filter them out. We're saying yep. we don't have hard evidence to conclude one way or the other.
1: Yeah, and I'm saying that, like, if you just go to the womb and you look at the baby and you look at the fact that 287 chemicals on average and they, they are 100% cancer-causing, like, worse than medications. Like Yeah, I, would refer- yeah.
0: I mean, you would, think, you would think that 100% of those babies would be born with cancer, which they're not. Yep. And even though more children are being born with cancer, it's still relatively low. I think twelve in the U.S., I think about 12,000 new diagnoses a year, which is relatively low for a child under, I think that that statistic is child under 15 or child under 12. So cancer, Mm -hmm. and we know cancer can take years and even sometimes decades to actually be diagnosable in the body. So it may have triggered some chronic inflammatory conditions in those children and not show up till they're an adult. But... There's also the real possibility I mean we're, we're speaking in in theory here there's a real possibility that all of that continuous urine that they're drinking and bringing in their own stem cells back to their body during utero has helped their bodies to detoxify those chemicals from their body, which would why they're not being born with cancer and other autoimmune conditions and neurodegenerative diseases and endocrine specific diseases from those chemicals. Um, It could be, we don't know, but, but, but it's an interesting theory. Um,
1: It's definitely something to question. Exactly. It certainly is helping them like something is helping them in that. And, and that, that process is, is intelligent and it's fascinating. And, Mm. and so, yeah, that that information is there and that's why I'm, I'd be like, if I was on medications, I would want to do urine therapy more um, because I would, know that i've got these toxic exposures if i like felt like my diet wasn't perfect i'd want to do it more why because it means i'm getting more toxins in my diet and it means i'm craving things that i shouldn't be having that aren't good for me and i need to answer that problem and i need to satiate my myself because i can't and i need help because i have like addictive behaviors and if i'm willing to do that like that is a like to me a holy grail that's going to unlock many other possibilities and if I don't want to drink it, I can do it via enema. It's still going to absorb a lot of that and give you a lot of different benefits. There are differences between oral and injection and and rectal, but um, but they all have different benefits, which is awesome too. So, so I like this tools.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, we'll have to do a follow up because I know we're kind of running short on time, and I sub a hundred things I want to ask you about. But before we kind of wrap up, I wanted to, um. Oh, ask you, so how long have you been drinking? How long have you been doing urine therapy? Two years. Since the time I talked to you about
1: it, like I was like... Every day or... In... Every day, yeah. Every, Almost, day, like... every
0: day for two years. Yeah. And how much do you drink?
1: Um, my full morning output. So which, you... which could be a cup this big. Like, that's kind of typical for me. I just...
0: Do you like just drink it minute. do you just drink it straight do you put it do you put it yeah. on ice do you add uh any flavor to it I guess
1: I'll have to show you I'll So you two, there, two years I'll let you
0: sit there
1: and, and, and think about what you're going to
0: do <laughs> <laughs> So two years drinking it almost every day and it's the first urine of the day right after you wake up right Yeah, first urine of the day after you wake up, and that study you were talking about—they said they found 140 stem cells in that urine, and if they aged it for three weeks, yes, it, it then had a hundred million stem cells. So, have you tried aging urine and drinking it?
1: <laughs> it's funny that you bring that
0: up. I know our friend—I know our friend's doing that right now, actually. Actually, did he tell you he's starting – I'm not saying his name because I don't know if he wants us to right now, but did he tell you he's starting a urine cleanse right now? All he's doing is drinking urine every day, as like a, or urine fast?
1: What a legend. No, he didn't tell me, but he's uh, been keeping me in the loop.
0: so uh, Yeah. I was like, how long are you going to do? He's like, I first was thinking 30 days. I was like, 30 days? <laughs> I was like, start with like a week and see how it goes, dude. <laughs> Bro, so,
1: I, I did a week.
0: You did a week of a urine fest?
1: Yeah, six days exactly.
0: Wow. Yes. Well, you're still alive. You're still alive. Yes. You didn't die.
1: Nah,
0: like I. What What, what I were you doing like just now? You were just filling a cup with urine.
1: Yes, filling this cup here. Dude, like this is. You're know, like it looks pretty yellow.
0: That's pretty full, yeah. I.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That was just that was just that output. So like this is like symbol. That tastes like um. It doesn't like taste bad. It just tastes like kind of, if you think about it, like this is just filtered blood. It's like, it gives you a different feeling. Like I don't know. I don't know about the,
0: thinking about drinking filtered blood does not sound appealing to me at all. You know, it makes me feel like a vampire. Like, yeah, let me get some filtered yeah. blood. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right?
1: But yeah, like, which is interesting. Like people, who who would be people that would drink blood and then have a fountain of youth, you see, see the play there, um, is if urine is filtered blood. And if like, you look at all these stem cells and telomerase, and then you, you realize, Oh, hold on. The play of vampires is like, is like, it, it could be a reference. Like if you drank blood, it like would be not helpful for you. Like it would not help you. And, but urine does. So like, all right, you just, all right. You
0: just, since you just drank it towards the end here, I got. I got to. I got to try it now. It's time. Mine's pretty watered down. It's not very yellow because yours is. That's perfect. Like that's exactly how I
1: tell people to do it. But I drink like, a
0: lot of. Uh, I drink a lot of water and green juice and tea throughout the day. So I pee a lot throughout the day. So it's like throughout the day, it's like very very clear. You know.
1: Like that's gonna. I, that's. I'm gonna say that's gonna be pleasant. It's like it's gonna be fine. I think. Like let's see. Actually, there's no smell. You see what I mean.
0: Very, very, like. li- very little smell. Very little smell. All right, here we go. First time on camera. First time Wait. drinking my own urine. Here we go. Oh. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh! That hits different. It tastes exactly how you think it would. <laughs> tastes like urine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Now, now, like, see if you can convince your mind and go again. Like, and just like. Like it's taken a long time. It's like it's a mind game. It's still a mind game for me because I'm like it's a if, big mind game. Like is okay, tell me, is there something there that tastes bad? Is it actually tasting bad? Or is it like a thought or a belief?
0: Or what is it? Well, it's definitely a thought and a belief. I have got this deep subconscious belief that it's bad for you, right? That it's I mean, I've tasted bad things before and
1: I didn't you know, just taste it bad. Like does it Yeah, the aftertaste is
0: not bad. Like it's not yeah, it's not like uh, I can't. I can't explain it. Um, it tastes like something I've actually tasted before. Uh, that's like interesting. It, it tastes like an aftertaste of a certain kind of food. And I'm trying to pinpoint what it is actually. All right, let's try another another step.
1: Open mind. like think think about mind. it. Something like yeah, exactly. Positive. Something positive. Something that's stem
0: cells. Like okay, not nearly as bad the second time. More more like i'm not gonna say it tastes good but it's more palatable uh it's not as shocking that first drink was slightly shocking that one was not nearly as bad yeah because and the reason why i'm saying about the
1: filtered blood is if like your blood is being filtered and then you're just putting it back in it, it just is it like it's not that weird and so it it's not supposed to taste like like we're so addicted to like i'll get the double like double hit latte with like the pumpkin spice and like we're like I I want it like super sweet and I want it super this and that and we're not used to something that's kind of just tastes like like nothing almost. It's like oh that's gross and I'm like what does it taste like nothing like
0: huh? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's definitely got a flavor. I mean it's hard to say what it is. Um, each sip that I it, take is not nearly as not nearly as shocking as the first one. Is it like sweet or salty? doesn't taste sweet or salty. Like I mean like
1: there that's what I mean about that. What's nuts your nuts. what's
0: your urine taste like? This tastes
1: like okay, I could say that there is something that makes me think of like
0: like a really mild miso soup. <laughs> Put some floating tofu in there and you got some miso soup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yours is dark yours is darker though so if it's dark if you get it early in the morning is it does it have more flavor to it more is it stronger
1: like a little bit but because you're also fasting it also then becomes more pleasant but if you just ate a bunch of stuff if you ate it like all raw plant-based for example i would say probably it would still taste like just kind of good or like it would taste fine but if you eat like even a decent amount of cooked food or whatever it like and i I drink urine straight after that it tastes bad to me like i don't like doing that so so you you like to drink it
0: first 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 pee in the cup and then drink it first thing in the morning exactly
1: oh and then like through other times in the day not like straight after a meal or when i'm pretty hydrated or something like that and then it's like fine but like if it was going to come out in a way where it's like going to taste bad and I felt like I needed to do it then in that point I might mix it together but I actually got like my wife had like athletic greens or something like this around so I I dumped that in this morning and then I actually sat there drinking it, going I think this tastes better than as if, if it was with water because it gave it more texture and it gave it more but it's taken me a long time to get that point because I like really like gagged the first time i It because I did it while I was driving as well. I was like, I'm gonna have to pull over and throw up, (laughs) like, uh, and then I then I worked out. I'm picturing you
0: drinking urine or driving down the road, you take a drink of urine, and you're just like ready to throw up (laughs) exactly. Because no, it's it's like it's crazy. The first first sip was just like it was a shock, it was like, oh my god, urine in my mouth. Like, I didn't feel like I was gonna throw up, but it was like definitely that. That subconscious belief kicking in, and now every sip that I've had, here's the rest of it. Well, it's not, it's not bad at all. That same flavor's there, but I can't say it's a bad flavor. Like, no, it's not a bad flavor. It's not a good flavor. It's kind of, it's just like neutral. It's in the middle. You know? Yeah. I don't, don't know how to I mean explain it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. The pH for it is neutral as well, so everything about it should be very neutral. Interesting. Uh, like you, yeah, you've got that sitting at a like a like a six point five kind of pH. It varies; like, you can be a little bit more acidic, a little bit more alkaline. Right, right. But, um, but this, on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a twelve pH.
0: Oh my gosh! Alkaline,
1: super alkaline. What do you think this is? Aged,
0: aged urine. Yeah. Can't even open. <laughs>
1: and, uh, test, testing my strength. How? Um, how? Oh my
0: dude, it's dark brown, dude.
1: It's crazy. And then like, if you, if you like these kind of like crystals forming there, like you can't quite see it, but it's oh, it's like.
0: It's um Are you sure it's not like a fungus growing in there?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It looks like a scoby. Like, have you ever? Had, it's, you a know,
1: sco- it's totally like a scoby it's like its own mother kind of thing
0: yeah a symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast that you make kombucha out of i used to make kombucha and you make it with a. dude it looks starts scoby starts to create little offshoots of like bacteria and yeast like that but we drink the kombucha and the kombucha exactly. is healthy for you exactly and i think like it's you know kombucha to me is like a little debatable
1: um like in the sense that like if that doesn't interface with your body then it's not really gonna help you or whatever or the alcohol content or whatever so I, I i personally don't do kombucha but here's the kombucha that i will do this is my own urine so you're gonna watch <laughs> me do this because i i talked about aged urine but like i'm more about doing the aged urine enemas and soaking in the aged urine but like people that do the drinking like they swear by it and if you're just doing it a bit here and there or you're mixing it together or I have done this where I blended it together with like uh, like a smoothie and it, it did blend. It did kind of go away with like a banana and a like vegan protein shake. It, it kind of like, it wasn't that bad. But if you do the urine with like a smoothie or a green juice or something like that, it ends up tasting like fine. Like, so yeah, how, long did, how
0: long did you age that for?
1: This one is probably two months,
0: like three and, months. Like oh my gosh. And how, and, and how did you age it? Just put it in this jar. So you sealed the jar and you put it in a dark, cold cupboard? Or- yeah,
1: it doesn't, there, there, nobody like has any science to prove any way on that. It, it, oh, I mean, obviously that Wake Forest study, but they I don't know if they share exactly what type of room they put it in, but it was airtight flasks in their example. A lot of people who have done this historically have actually had it so it's exposed to the sun and the moon and getting charged by that something like i I don't know i can't, I can't how'd you do you, it you just leave, leave it out on a table or what just put it i just put it out of people's way because i am like the anti-urine therapy police are, are, are always around <laughs> ready
0: to strike Is that your kids your and kids I'm, are like dad what are you doing drinking urine again <laughs> <laughs> no they're chill that yeah you know, they're on my team um <laughs> they're like they're like i don't want to drink your urine keep that off the kitchen counter
1: <laughs> no exactly no but like you know my my our nanny right uh cleaning stuff, <laughs> my wife's like secretary that comes in like I'm like the closet urine therapy guy like <laughs> <laughs> um, all right like, all right let's, let's watch you do, let's
0: watch you drink this stuff
1: it smells like strong i I don't necessarily want to say it smells bad, but it smells strong like if I smell that right now I'm like it smells like one it smells like alcohol um so it's like, probably ferment maybe there is alcohol in it dude like it smells like i'm just sniffing turpentine right now that's what i can
0: tell you like it smells like i'm sniffing turpentine like intoxicating you should, myself you should find a way to test the alcohol content so if it's for if it's fermenting something in it might be converting into alcohol through uh well aging but you're not like you didn't add anything to it. No, to nothing. Ferment added. it, right? So it's, right,
1: it's like all the compounds in there, like it's feeding off itself. The like stem if you use fruit,
0: fruit or grapes or whatever, you can ferment them into alcohol. The sugar content basically, you know, converts into alcohol. But that would mean if your urine's converting to alcohol, there's some kind of sugar content in there, glucose or fructose or something in the urine that's converting it into alcohol, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't amazing. know. I'm just theorizing. Um, I don't know.
1: No, like yeah, that's I yeah, you can come in person.
0: <laughs> um sorry. All right, we're yeah, gonna we're gonna no, watch that. John o drink yeah. his aged urine. Yeah, <laughs> Nanny said that she had to get oh
1: yeah, I'm good to Um um oh whoops. Yeah, got it. Okay, ready.
0: Wasn't that bad? No. Huh. I saw you I saw you squint, like you were kind of like Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like like the problem is holding it down because that, that it can be easy to
1: try to vomit it up because um the alkaline level is too high, not because it's disgusting. So like you can't do a lot of it. I've done a lot of it and just been like burr, burr.
0: but I didn't vomit <laughs> it, like it was close. Pause uh, for a second. All right, it's official. I've drinking my own urine for the first time in my life. And I'm still alive. I am still alive. <laughs> and um,
1: but yeah, man, uh, let me see. What was the last thing that we were saying? So, well, you were just drinking
0: your aged urine, you said it wasn't that bad.
1: Yeah, after doing that now, I'm not feeling like it is as bad as what I thought. And I could I could do that every day. I would do that before injecting peptides. I tell you that because I, I've injected peptides like 10 shots a day. And even if I was just doing one shot a day, I would prefer to take a swig of that than injecting myself even once with um, a peptide, even though I wouldn't say that peptides are painful. I would just say it's like a bit of discomfort, which I don't love injecting myself. I don't, I'm not that against it, but yeah, that kind of gives you a bit of a nutshell on.
0: Do. it's not that bad you know what I mean well it's official I have drank in my own urine for the first time <laughs> in my life at uh, 36 years old and, uh, and I'm still alive it didn't kill me <laughs> exactly and I'm I, impressed I, man. I'm actually really serious that um, I am going to do some blood testing and then I'm going to do some urine therapy for a while experiment with it and then see what happens I'm not going to change anything else and then see what happens uh when i do the follow up blood test after i don't know i think it seems like like our friend said he started really noticing things after about 2 months so yeah maybe i do Which it is impressive. Like, maybe i do it for like 2 months or something before i or it you know i could. Yeah, blo- I, I mean i could do a blood test every 30 days or something and see what happens
1: mm. yeah
0: all right well, what do you what are you showing what expression. are you showing us here what is this I. Uh,
1: this is quite like a couple of quick things here. This is the one that we went through, but look at examples um like if someone just googles stem cells in urine and scientists create brain cells from human urine, um these are all backed like that's a two thousand and twelve study uh they're they're in vitro, obviously sorry in vivo sorry um and like uh, grow a human tooth inside of the kidney of a mouse. How weird is that? So it's just showing that the, the kidney, the stem cells work and they they do generate tissue. Um, here's, the, here's the one from nature in 2012, nature.com brain cells made from human urine. And like here, what's interesting is, look at that um, segment there. If I can move my sector here. If I move that, look at how it says here. Uh, one of the experiments produced round colonies of reprogrammed cells, bottom paragraph, from urine that resembled pluripotent stem cells after only 12 days, about half the time usually required to produce induced pluripotent stem cells. When cultured further, the colonies took on the rosetta shape common to neural stem cells. So showing how, like, this this is all showing that they're viable. They They translate. And here's another study. And this was in the mice. They found that when they transferred them again, that they would not form tumors in their brains of the mice. And like, you just see this in every case, which is amazing. Um, and, and then you see like examples like this, like go this. Back, is like, go back go like, back real quick. Just, Sorry,
0: it. this is crazy. But go I just right. want to read that first sentence. So urine divisions yeah, pred- despite being a biological human urine contains a small population of cells with self-renewal capacity and differentiation potential into several cell types being derived. I mean that's self-renewal and differentiation. I mean that alone is very interesting, specifically for, you know, regeneration. Uh I'm going down regenerative medicine uh great potential in regenerative medicine applications yep i've actually read that i remember reading that study um okay oh, when i was starting to look into this a little bit
1: that is no that's awesome and this was the one that i just prepared recently check this one um like this university of chicago how stem cell therapies provide new ways to stop tumors from spreading or growing back it's just amazing like differentiation therapy Uh, how to cause the stem cells um, to then become non-cancerous cells. How do you mature a cell? So like this, this explains how stem cells are actually like Trojan horses for cancer uh, in in essence, because cancer stem cells can be directly targeted to stop their growth or turned into Trojan horses. This is that attack other tumor cells. Like my way of explaining this is if you can educate a cancer stem cell to become a healthy cell, it helps to educate the other stem cells, cancer stem cells. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. What is this from? Which paper is this from? Um, this is the University of Chicago. Um, and the article is called um, How Stem Cell Therapies Can Provide New Ways to Stop Tumors from Spreading or Growing Back. Now, now they were what- they were
0: looking at uh, stem cells from urine or just mesen- mesenchymal? No, exactly, mesenchymal stem cells.
1: And that's what, and so like this, researchers can also genetically engineer stem cells to express a protein that binds to a desired target in a cancer cell, increasing the efficacy of treatments by releasing drugs right at the tumor. For example, mesenchymal stem cells derived from bone marrow naturally migrate toward and stick to tumors and can be used to deliver cancer drugs directly to cancer cells. This was the part that I mentioned before about like the top paragraph there, Um, hormones and cytokines like play the the key role in cell communication and um, can stimulate stem cells to mature and lose their ability to regenerate. They follow that forcing cancer stem cells to differentiate into more mature cells could subsequently stop them from multiplying uncontrollably, making them become normal cells. And then like this one from 2008, you'll love this one. And I love these these findings and the words that they have to use in studies is may. And um, and I'm saying, yes, the may is like tr- true. It may do this. But the reason why they're saying that is because it's, it's really showing this amazing re- regulatory ability that urine derived stem cells have. Um, stem cells possess regenerative powers and multidirectional differentiation potential and play a, an important role in disease treatment and basic medical research. Urine-derived stem cells represent a newly discovered type of stem cell with biological characteristics similar to those of mesenchymal stromal cells, including their doubling time and immunophenotype. You
0: get that? So, so now you
1: got that, data.
0: So one thing we have to realize here is these are extracted... Stem cells so they're not using all of the urine and that's going to be a big you know point of exactly is hey we've just taken the stem cells out of the urine for these studies we're not looking at studies using the full urine we've we've got rid of all the metabolites and the waste byproducts right. So, you gotta, uh, like alleged, you know, exactly. yeah, exactly. Alleged waste byproducts, exactly. So it's just something to take yeah. into consideration here for people listening. Hundred
1: percent. Like at this point, what we got to do is like you've you got to look at like this blank canvas and put you're putting dots all over the page and and looking at things independently and making sure you understand what they do and don't say and and so like you know this to me has validity in the use of at home urine therapy of oral consumption and aging urine and these various things, because this has been done through centuries, actually millennia, thousands of years, cultures have passed this down. This was used as a cancer treatment throughout. Actually, I can show you this in like the, the medieval times or the, uh, like the 13th century. I can show you, uh, it through, um, you know, various points in history and how it was used for like how the Jews survived the bubonic plague using your urine therapy with the, um, the cleanliness uh, rules that they had from Leviticus, like there's so many different things that I use then to like put things together to form the picture um, and hence why the book your own perfect medicine which I'll, I'll I'll end on that so just show a couple of the pages there so people can see how it's citing different reference points so that you can then kind of understand the whole concept behind it and then you get then you get more used to in this case the um, case studies where people would just directly either drinking urine but some of the case studies i'll bring up with that are also like injections of extracts of urine like i mentioned with tony jimenez but what's interesting with those is they all ignore the stem cell aspect because they you know naturally aren't looking for that and they're kind of extracting only the
0: antigens typically mm. um well i want to point I'll out something. line yeah yeah i was just gonna say maybe you're gonna yeah. read the same thing where it says the urine stem cells may play regulatory roles yes the, I'm glad bring it up. You you talk about it.
1: I like yeah. You 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 understand how important each of the categories they bring up there and how important that is for cancer, right?
0: That's it. well, and just health in general. It, it says in the cellular immune system, oxidative stress, revascularization, apoptosis, apoptosis, and autophagy. So yeah, everything there in for cancer, but also you know just for healthy cellular. Uh, regeneration in general in disease risk prevention and all cause mortality yeah. risk prevention. I mean that's uh that's really fascinating stuff for sure. Um, yeah, exactly,
1: and 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 that point you're making the next line, this review summarizes the application of uscs in tissue regeneration and various disease treatments. Furthermore, by analyzing their limitations, we anticipate the development of more feasible therapeutic strategies to promote urine derived stem cell based individualized treatment. And like, if, if people understand, you know, the, the aging process, the, if we, if we have, if we can feel confident in the ability for the urine to cross the intestinal, uh, you know, the, through the, through the, um, like doing it rectally through the intestinal wall, uh, or through you know, getting through the stomach acid, which I'm like, uh, I'm hundred percent convinced that that's exactly what they're designed to do. Um, they're made that way. And, um, like, that's why babies continue to do it when they have a formed stomach um, and uh, like in the third trimester uh, as an example, but like this was the one I mentioned from 1966 bringing cancer cells into line. Um, So this was an example where it was just, you know, this urine extract put in a culture medium with urine and then, and they're aligning themselves and end in straight rows. Okay. And then
0: you have um, an image of that. I think you sent it to me, right. Didn't you send me an image of that or no?
1: Um, uh yeah, uh, I I like all of when they they had an imi- like photographs of these types of things. Yeah, Might like be a different under, photograph under a microscope um, maybe it was different. A different one, yeah. Uh, that was definitely a different. So one, by but- the
0: way, send me um send me an email with all the links to the major resources yeah. that you reference. So I will we can, we can put Absolutely. all those in the show notes so people can dig deeper into this stuff. And do
1: you like this one from the Journal of Medical American, American Medical Association from 1954. More scientific papers have probably been published on this substance than any other organic compound. That's <laughs> crazy. This one from Science Magazine, 1963. Certain fractions of this substance have an inhibitory action on the growth of malignant tumors in mice. While smaller doses might, while smaller doses inhibit growth, bigger ones make the tumors regress.
0: Science Magazine, nineteen sixty three. They're talking about urine specifically, huh? That's crazy. Yeah,
1: isn't it something? Like, and then uh, what was this one? The therapeutic. Now results. it's
0: starting to make. Now it's starting to make sense. I mean, these are from fifties and sixties. Yeah, and uh, we know you know any effective holistic therapies that start gaining traction, you know, get squashed by the powers that be that uh, don't want it. their bank accounts. Messed with,
1: exactly, and it was it was that one J H Tom yeah uh, J H Thompson was the medical doctor, and this was in this was in Europe, and he brought with his three hundred doctors, twelve year study, brought it before the symposium, the medical boards, and um you know by the year nineteen forty eight it finally got published in the British Medical Journal, but it was even though it was published in the British British Medical Journal that the H11 extract was proven to stop the progression of cancer. The medical board would not accept it as a treatment, even though it was still passed to get published. So that gives you an example of like, and we see this today where we're seeing examples of things that are being published. So we have access to them yet. They're not being practiced anyway. So effectively the information in, in the public becomes useless, but because of these platforms that we have, we can talk about it, give people access to things that have been discarded and say, do you, do you think it should have been discarded? Do you want to do it? You know, you, it's a free country. It's a free world. It's if you, if you want it to be for you, um, you know, have at it if you want that. Um, So yeah, you you can see why now Um, uh, there's a, Dr. Ed Group was telling me that we we've been lied to uh, about sex, so I I read a couple of books that he recommended. So I'm like interested in that, in finding out like what what, <laughs> how our bodies designed to do this versus what are the ways I got taught and trained. So I'm like I always look at things d- deeply. Um, so if anyone glanced at my book collection there, um, so these are some of the resources then to like go over and look at. And you, you can read, um, you can go case by case, uh, in these, um, they're all different types of diseases. And the like, I mean, I keep coming back to cancer because of your interest in cancer. And like, there's a lot of doctors that are in your, um, in circle, uh, with, with cancer. And so I kind of bring it up because it's this holy grail and it's the one that's like, you don't really feel like you got much of a shot if you get aggressive cancer. And, and so it's why I, I kind of use that as a case in point. What book is um, this from? This is Your Own
0: Perfect Medicine by Martha okay. Christie. I and just saw something there, there about, they found, um, like, for tuberculosis, uh, you passed one that was yes. talking about that. Oh, was,
1: yeah, exactly. Tell me which page you saw that pop
0: up on. Uh, I think it was back the other way, but it was just showing, and there, bactericidal effect of what? Of urea? urea is a is that an enzyme from urine what is urea from urine oh yeah yeah
1: urea is um it's
0: i no it's not an enzyme there's about
1: 30 enzymes in urine by the way that's pretty cool right um but uh it's i mean these are interesting because they're all just words that are describing things like definitely uh, kinase is an enzyme that is in like a significant portion in urine. It's why it's getting extracted from urinals for the, for the drug urokinase. Uh but it, sorry. Yeah. kinase is the drug, but it's just the enzyme that's in urine. So it's surprising that they can even call it that. Uh,
0: it's, um, so they call it, so they right. say urine is, is from Britannica. Your, you u- our urea is the chief nitrogenous end product of the metabolic breakdown of proteins in all mammals and some fishes. So metabolic breakdown of proteins, that's urea. So they take the urea out, they extract urea from urine and they use that for uh, different studies and different, uh, Different effects. Yep. Yeah. Different, amazing. Different treatment studies and things like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Uh, yeah, and and so urea has been used like and in some
1: of these cases they were injecting them directly with uh, urea directly into the tumor and U- urea being used like say taking the concentration of the urea and and using it as cancer treatment and it's urea is very heavily published uh like definitely hundreds of thousands of people in the united states as one example have used have have received urea through uh different means like oral
0: um and but like
1: and know, they, so, the, so they get that originally... from other
0: people they take that from other people's urine
1: yeah um I am trying to work out which is which because I, it appears that there's both cases. There's cases where they're using the urea from like fresh people's from actually from people's urine, and there's a lot of cases where they're just simply making a compound that mimics it completely, and uh, that is being used. Uh, so it's like a synthetic. Um, but like they experimented with the use of urea on polio and rabies viruses and found that the viruses were weakened and finally destroyed the by and finally destroyed by urea. Um, And uh, I'm going to just do that. And look what happens when you search these kinds of documents for uh, cancer. And like just, you know, people can download the book. So there is a website that I'd recommend everyone to check out, which is urinetherapy.com. And it's just filled with free resources. And it's Dr. Ed Group and I um, just simply doing our best to educate the world on this and give people all the tools. So, you know, nobody has to like go it alone or miss out on using some of these to me absolute life changing therapies. Like there is, if you gave me one therapy for cancer, I'd, I'd, this would be mine. I'd also be interested in, I'd be, I'd be down with chlorine dioxide as well. Uh, and I'd be following Dr. Andres Kalka and what he's doing with that. I think it's amazing. i got to send you some videos on that.
0: i would um, be cleansing with that. Um, that's a whole, yeah. whole conversation though. Yeah.
1: It's its own beast. Right. Um, But, uh, yeah, like there's, there's a lot in these, um, where you you can go through all the studies that came out of these different, uh, institutions, um, and just trying to get to some of the, this is, uh, the research evidence and case studies, it goes, yeah, like it'll go historically how like the 1900s and then 1906, 1915, and then the books that were being published by these, um, doctors, and then they go, um. Then they go case by case on all different diseases and um from you know every t- type of condition you can imagine but because they are well documented and by medical doctors they while they're anecdotal they um they're they go and they go into the case study of being they're going into the category of being a a, a um factual case study and so that's um important urea crystals in cancer look at this by dr william miller from the department you have so you have these
0: you have these pdfs to be downloaded on your site are they some of these are books for sale. are you allowed to just give their pdfs away for free
1: that's a good question for dr ed group um and so because he's some of these he's got access to and i've got permissions from different places and um, so he's, he's the one that's kind of aggregated all that. So that's the question. That's asked. I
0: mean, it's cool. I was just looking at urinetherapy.com and you've got all these resources on here and books and PDFs and people that can download. I was just wondering, I know after a certain yeah, amount exactly. of time, things are added to the public domain that doesn't matter. So I don't know some of these books might be old, they're already in the public domain. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. And some of
1: them have volunteered, um, gotcha. you know, resources and things like that, but, um, the egg group can answer that directly. Like, look at this the urea crystals to heal external cancerous ulcerations. It's super important. The particular, like, this penetrating odor of a sloughing cancer. For the past year at the tumor clinic of the Cincinnati General Hospital, urea crystals have been advocated and prescribed in such cases. They're packed into the wound. Although they dissolve in a few minutes, the offensive uh, character of the ulcer becomes less with each application. Wow. The crystals are cheap.
0: Considerable antiseptic, it said. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, well, I know you got your family waiting there for you. Obviously, we can we can wrap up, dude. This has been awesome. Um we'll do awesome. we'll have to do a follow-up part two at some point. Exactly. Yeah, it <laughs> um, sounds great. Spe- I'd love definitely definitely to after definitely after I do my own experimentation with it and do some testing and stuff, and then you know, let's get you back on the podcast and let's talk about, you know, I want to talk about what things you've seen more research you've come across more case studies, you know, I'll share my own experience. Um, you know, if you have somebody, you know, maybe we get Ed group on too, and maybe we do a conversation, oh, yeah, right? He'd do it. That'd be, be cool. Great. That'd be awesome. So maybe we do that. And I think it's worth exploring further, dude, this is fascinating stuff that's like shocking and goes against what we've been taught. And, um, and I think it's, you know, if it has the potential to help people heal, then it's worth, talking about and exploring further.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. And it just goes in line with, with how we were made. Like what if God made us this way? And and that's the biggest question that people need to ask themselves. If, if God made me this way, then um, it's, it's, uh, you know, maybe you can help me stop sharing here.
0: Oh yeah. Um, let's see. You should have a button there, but I guess not. Huh?
1: I, it, I think there is, but like I've, I've got like right, you're blocking good. me. Um, yeah, so like you know, wrapping rapping this like with my children that have just filled with life and <laughs> energy and like managed to like our nanny to, is is off and my wife is working out and so I'm on duty and we're um, but uh, they're you know and they they're really the reason why we're doing this, Nathan. Like the future of our children is everything. And like, what world do we leave with them? And part of that world that we're leaving them with has everything to do with the knowledge that we leave them have their ability to self-heal. And, and if I'm right about this, what it means is that God has given us a way. It It's, it's the natural design and it's a tool that's there for us. And it's one tool. There's other tools, but it may be one of the most essential ones to help us with the lack of information that we often have where we, don't know what's going on but our body knows and if water water truly does hold memory and if we have that unlimited information that our body's always giving us then we're in safe hands and we're going to be okay and that's the hope i want to leave people with
0: it's beautiful dude all right bro appreciate it man this was awesome awesome. you got me to drink my own urine so congratulations good job well done (laughs) well done well done and 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 to be continued all right, sounds great, brother. Let's do it again. All uh, right, brother. Much love. Take all care. Right, bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Nathan Crane podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and share this on social media. Then head over to nathancrane.com
0: for your free ebook. So, when we're talking about, you know, what are these underlying causes and conditions of these chronic diseases, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, they all have very similar, if not identical, Causes, And that's the thing is when we get to the root cause of these diseases, we can not only prevent these diseases from ever happening, but empower our bodies to heal from them. In every one of our cells, we have tens and hundreds of thousands of chemical reactions that are happening every second that are cycling uh, back and forth. It's like sort of a, a yin and yang.
1: And, you know, for me, the soul, the soul's purpose is evolution. It doesn't care about comfort. It cares about evolution. Mm. And so I think so long as we are following our soul, then we will evolve. And I think what sometimes blocks us from living our purpose, from manifesting that next level of our expression is we have not evolved.
0: There is also a time for letting go all the expectations and relax and just breathe and be grateful for what you have achieved.